Good evening, listeners. It is episode 37. I genuinely don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I've lost track. It is. It's 37. And I am in Ben's hobby shed. Good evening, Ben. Good evening, Dan. We've done manly hugging already and had a bit of a natter. And then we sort of realised we should probably record something. So, yeah, we are we are together for this episode. And we will be together for the next one. I don't think that's ever happened. I know. It's exciting times. Exciting times. Um, So... What are we going to talk about tonight? We will do on the hobby desk. So I'm actually at Ben's hobby desk and I can see um, a couple of awesome mutant space marines um, over there to talk about. And I've bought a little case with me with some of my stuff. So we'll talk about that as well. Um, And a little bit about uh, the ongoing hobby resolutions because we spoke about that last week and talked a bit about how that's been going. Then it's into the galaxy of war. So... I was thinking about this. Necromunda is going to be my topic. I've played an awesome game of Necromunda, custom game of Necromunda, since we last spoke. Um, what have you been doing? Uh, nothing. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Saving lives, though, so it's fine. It's all good. Um, Into the Mortal Realms. I've played an awesome game of Age of Sigma since we last spoke. What have you been doing? Nothing. It's okay, saving lives. <laughs> then it's hail to the community. Hopefully, well, we know the community's been doing lots, so we'll uh, we'll do our usual shout outs. Um, and Ben was avidly updating the calendar when I arrived. Um, in trying to, the computer. I was going to say, trying to avoid throwing the computer out of the window, through the window, in fact, um, which is doubly expensive having to replace the window and the computer, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, and finally. Oh, what is it this week? Is it Wilds? No, it's... It's, uh, it's Middle Earth. Middle Earth. Middle Earth. We journey to Middle Earth. Trademarked, actually, I think that is. Yeah. 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 So there's a few new uh, new things for Middle Earth, so we'll have a chat about those as well. So, yeah. Thanks for joining us. I'm clearly very excited. <laughs> it's actually because I had some cheeky Haribo on the way down here, um, which I, I'm not going to tell my wife or my swimming world consultant about. And you're a child, and sugar makes you like I am indeed. <laughs> Woo, could have been worse if it was Skittles. I'd oh, be no. bouncing off these wooden walls. Or through them, more like, actually. Okay, anyway, sorry. come on, let's go onto the hobby desk. Hi guys, and welcome to episode 37's uh, Hobby Desk. Uh, turns out You'd have thought we a... would have counted between the intro and now, yeah. to be certain, but no, no such luck. You're brandishing a box at me. Yes, because I thought... You've uh, actually done hobby. I've done some hobby, and, and I thought I'd bring it down to show you. Well, I was a bit worried that you were photographing like your next door neighbour's work. And... <laughs> <laughs> well, I might have just nicked it. Yeah. So, um, so first up, I think I, I had done these by the time we spoke last time, but these I are my seen him in cordor, although he's got something stuck to his fist. I don't know what's happened there. I guess one of your hairs, Dan. Possibly. Oh, yeah. So these are my cordor. So um, so that we don't just sit on the podcast going, whoa. So I've done five of them. This is your leader. Yeah, that's my leader. That's Coif. Yeah. Coif Coffin now, he's called. Yeah. So he's my leader Um, with the... With the cult icon, that thing's called. And then I've done um, one juve, which is this guy here with a flail uh, and a pistol. And then this is Silas Ratcatcher with his uh, incendiary bomb. And 
you can they're auto guns and stuff are all like repurposed so that's yeah. why they look all rough and ready and then i can't remember that muffles i think that's called and Snood Gambinson. Snood Gambinson is holding his gun like a heavy weapon when it is yeah. clearly just a rifle. Yeah, but he's real weak. So that's how <laughs> he carries it like that. So, um, yeah, so I really enjoyed using those, um, using those, painting those. Uh, I've decided to break things down a bit this year. So rather than doing 10 or 30, do five. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. and split it up a bit and do different things. Bases were quite fun. I actually masked off the bases to do the, to do the um did you try and tie them with the ones things. i'd already done for you no i i actually i got the in fact i think they're even in here i got the goliaths out yesterday yeah or a couple of days ago thursday and that's when i realized that the bases were well they're similar enough were very similar so that's cool yeah. but the rust stuff that i've got i got to put a link up remind me i must put a link up for the rust stuff it's good it's flipping brilliant well that's that's what i'm using so on there those bases these goliath aren't bad they're pretty good aren't they them goliath yeah that's why they're in here just so that <laughs> if anyone stops me in the street and they're like you look like a warhammer man i can get them out and say look I did this so those bases that is that rust stuff mm. over silver and then i've stippled some silver on afterwards is that it yeah that's really cool yeah does it have a texture to it? Not not particularly, no. So okay. you could put some typhus corrosion on first. Is it, is it tonal? So the thicker it is, the, yes, yeah. the, the, the different colour it dries. Yeah. Mm. I really like that. These are very good. Thank you. They're really nice. Yeah. I think um, your painting has come on so far in the last year. It's, it's, I don't know if you can see it, but... Yeah, really I could nice. when I looked at my corn projects. <laughs> Definitely, because you can my compare, stuff. yeah, yeah, because yeah. that, that's a real sort of easy comparison, isn't it? Yeah, I did the same with my space walls. Mm. Like the first squad of grey hunters I did a while back doesn't look anything like even the same person did them, but so they keep moving. Right, so other things. So I've done four goblins for my bubble team. Goblins. And you went with um, trying to tone the noses and ears. Yeah, time, so I was you? chatting to you, wasn't I? And I was like, Ben, I need you to tell me how to get more tones into skin. Because the red angel you did for me is just flipping phenomenal. Um, and these were only green skins. But you said about uh, turning screamer pink into almost a glaze. Yeah. Um, and putting that on like nose and ears. And I'm really happy with it. I love it. I mean, it's... It's the first time I've ever done it, and I think the more I do it, I'll probably get yeah, better. Yeah. But it's it's done what I wanted, and it's given a bit of colour. I really like these, dude. I'm Again. chuffed with them, to be honest. I'm really happy with nice them. Nice and crisp. The highlights are really thin as well. And I did manage to remember how I painted the bases <laughs> so that they match the others. And um, I've written it down now <laughs> <laughs> as well. I've written it down. Yeah, the highlights... Something really weird is happening. I'm really loving edge highlighting. Uh, I'm loving it. When you've got... So I use... I've got the Artist Opus Size 2 brush, which I use for pretty much everything now, yeah, yeah. except for my final highlight, which I use the Double Zero Windsor & Newton Series 7. Yep. Um, and those are the two brushes I use for everything. So, yeah, I'm I'm really enjoying it. I love that goblin with his tongue lolling out. And his yeah, he's great, isn't he? Yes. Yeah, they're wonderful models. 
Um, so that's those guys. Um, obviously, I will put pictures. Well, I put pictures of these things up anyway, so people can see them. Yeah, we can stick them in the show notes. So this guy, I haven't done his base yet, but this is my gaunt summoner that I'm finished? doing as part. Of, he is, yeah. I'm I'm gonna call it a day on him. Um, uh, that I've done for. Did you freehand the uh, book? Yes. No, I used transfers. So I did freehand the like little squibbles, but. The big characters are transfers. You could have said yes then, and I'd have been like, "Whoa!" <laughs> I know, I know. No, I can't. I can't because it wouldn't be fair on the listeners because it's all about. So he, uh, I've done him for Arcane Power Month, which is this month for the hobby group for those that are in the hobby group, um, and just to put up some work in progress pictures, like you've been doing with um, with your room priest um, and to try and inspire people so he's from my silver tower set so i knew i wanted to get him done anyway and i've some really i've tried some different stuff on him literally i've been opening colors that i'm cracking open for the first time that i bought when i decided i needed every color so the cloak is my favorite bit and that's just a random idea where i've gone with cantor blue and then worked up to scream a pink yeah and then put a highlight on it yeah and and it seems to have come together quite well i'm quite it's like iridescent silk yeah and i've used the soul stone color which is the the sort of silk the color that goes over silver the the games workshop one blue one for the the armor yeah it's not as good as i would have liked it but i was experimenting and then um i got the color wheel out to and that's why it's got yellow feathers to contrast against the bluey purples i would I was having a chat with Chris Goff about this. If I was to start over, you wouldn't necessarily need to, but I think with the feathers, I'd have incorporated a few more colours in to mm. break it up because it's a big block of yellow, which is a shame because actually, if you look closely at it, it's some of the best brushwork I've ever done. Like I had the, I was putting in all of the strokes. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah that's really nice, mate. But I'm, I'm happy with him. Oh, and the eye. Mm. I like the eye. And I use a little bit of red ink in the eye as well, just to give it a bit more of a real, like it's a live type yeah, yeah, yeah. thing. But yeah, transfers. I'll take some photos of the book and put up for people because it just came to me. Like, why don't I just use transfers for the... Where, which sheet did you get them from? <sighs> I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember. I'll have to look it. Oh, no, no. It, they are. Oh, dear. Oh, this is dirty. They are word bearers transfers from the Horus Heresy box set. Oh, I've got that sheet as well. Yeah, that's where they're from. So, well, I'm not going to be giving me a use for them because they're never going to be. They're never word be So that's him, and then I'm almost there now. For boring people, because um, I've just started scuttlings. Do you know I'd forgotten about the scuttlings until you. I was surprised at the scuttlings. Oh, I wonder if they are in the Gloomscope Gloom Spy Gits book. They might be, because they, they have said they're going to bring out more green skin stuff. Yeah, because I... I was quite surprised. So the scuttlings, I've literally just started the scuttlings. So I've sprayed um, all of the cloaks are... Uh, they're actually NATO Black by Tamiya. Yeah. And I have to say, I forgot. They're lovely paints. Oh, yeah, they really they are. are glorious to airbrush. The only problem is you need to use that that weird stuff to thin them down X- x20a yeah yeah. Um, yeah but it's it's not expensive and, no. and none of them are expensive no really. no it's really good price actually on that note have you seen there's a funny thing doing the rounds on the internet because everybody and their why 
rifle, whatever it is they say, are bringing out um paint holders that you, where you like like the painting handle. Yeah, yeah. But there's a few coming out, and I saw one, and it's brilliant. It was just a pot of Tamiya with a piece of blue tack on the top, yeah. and, <laughs> and it was like new and exclusive paint pot with blue tack <laughs> yeah. to hold your miniature. Yeah. Did make me chuckle, even though I'm a convert to the to the paint handle. But yeah, so I've painted NATO black at the moment, and then War Flesh, not War Flesh, not War Flesh, War Boss Green yeah. is what I've started with, which is a bit like because on the other on the Blood Bowl Goblins. Yeah, I did war flesh. Yeah, then as a base coat, and then I agraxed everything, and then I built up through the, the war boss green. Yeah, but that took quite a long time, and I thought, ah, oh, no, I'm not going to do that on these scuttlings. Um, I'll do it this way. But I've brought them with me because even though I'm away for three days, for, for three or four days, I've got to do my half an hour. Mm. So I'll these be... don't look like they're taking much longer to do. Nah, I don't think they will. They're going to be. They're going to be quite a quick project. So, yeah. So, they're what I'm working on at the moment. Um, my goal, I've got this mad goal, because I've got some holiday in January, which I'm in at the moment, is to try and paint a miniature for every day of the month. So, I've got a long way to go yet. I've done 10. This will be another 8, so 18. It's only another 12. Well, I was thinking maybe I'd do some Mordor Orcs, because <laughs> they'll be quite quick um, as something different. So, yeah. Loads of loads of hobby. I've put painting handles on my birthday list. Yeah. And um Dan Wosley bought a painting handle. Did he really? Yes. He came round and he picked mine up and he was like Oh, it's quite good Talking actually. Talking of painting handles, I'm gonna reach behind the microphone, which is gonna make a noise. Sorry everyone. <clears throat> to show you Oh the big one. The big one. And how it can clasp this size base is quite ridiculous, actually. Look at that. That's a redemptive dreadnought on a painting handle. It's mental. <laughs> <laughs> now, have you, uh, did you do that, use this with the airbrush or not? No, I didn't. No, so you haven't. Because I'm kind of wondering whether functionally. I've used it. Yeah? Yeah, it's a lot more comfortable. Yeah? I end up with big models, holding them in my hand a lot more than I do a normal model. And it's really easy to just get your grime all over them so i did see one thing online where somebody claimed that theirs had pinged it out and shot it across the thing well yeah i i i've got it to ping out and do it shove it across the thing while i was trying to put his arm on so you know it's for holding and painting i think it wouldn't take much torsion but mm. i think it's quite good good so i've got i've only got two models on my <laughs> on my list I'm not quite as busy. I mean, you have been so prolific recently. It's... So, somebody has been telling me for, well, how many episodes have we done? 36 episodes. <laughs> that it would be a good idea if I, A, mixed up my painting a little bit, yeah. rather than just trying to paint blocks of corn, uh, and B, um, did 30 minutes or did a little bit every day. Yeah. Um, and they were right. <laughs> and I said, didn't I? We've even got 36 episodes of you telling me. So what, basically, and I hope this continues. Well, I, I intend to try and make it continue. Um, I've been doing my 30 minutes every day. And what the real breakthrough has been when I felt unmotivated. Yeah. So like I was watching Sherlock avidly. And I just kept watching episode out and I was like, I should go and paint really. And I was like, no, I'll watch another. And it got to half 11, 
which was ridiculous anyway, although I didn't have to work the next day, so it was fine. And I was like, no, I've got to go and paint because I'm going to run out of time in the day to do my half an hour. And I went and paint two o'clock in the morning. I went to bed because, <laughs> and that happened every time I've made myself do that half an hour. Yeah. I, it, it's engaged my like mind into the painting and I've done a bit more. Yeah. And also half an hour. So what tends to happen is we finish dinner. Harriet goes and looks after Joshua, like plays with Joshua for half an hour. Yeah. I do some painting and then I run his bath and put him to bed. So yeah. she gets like a good hour, hour and a half. And so even like when I'm working, that's like when I'm working and stuff. So even then, I still can get that half an hour in. It's not yeah. too much to ask for. No. And rather than like looking for, you know, trying to find space for these massive epic painting sessions, it's that half an hour. So that it's been really good because a, it fits in around family, which is real key. And um, B, because it's a resolution and I'm committed to it, it's I'm doing it even when I'm not feeling motivated. Yeah. So I'm find that really helpful. And then the other part of the thing which i've already alluded to is mixing it up a bit so this year i've done the five corridor then i was like i'm gonna paint four god i haven't even mentioned my orcs for like ages but i'm gonna paint my four goblins so i've done my goblin i'm gonna paint gaunt oh no no it was better than that i did the corridor then i started the gaunt summoner because it was arcane power month got bored and frustrated and couldn't decide where to put the colors put them to one side painted four goblins for blood bowl so I'm still painting. Now I'm doing scutlins. You know, I'm just, I'm very excited about it. I, I haven't heard you this excited <laughs> about the, the painting side of the hobby in, in a long time. It's really good, man. It's great to mix it up. And I'm really excited to do, do other bit. I, I, I've got loads of stuff, but I think I've got, I had become buried by this mount because I have a lot of stuff uh-huh. for my corn army. Yeah. I know you've got a lot of stuff as no, well. No, but... that wasn't what I was saying. You, you, you know, your, you, spit it out, Ben. Your, your kind of corn project is vast, and you, yeah. you're looking at like a good year's work just to finish, even remotely, where your corn army would want to be. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, I think that's a that, that feels like a mountain. Yeah, it does. And like, so I've got to go back and do a bit more to the Hell Drakes. I'm going to try and do something on them, but I'm I'm going to treat them as a few months project, which I will work on every now and then. Yeah, yeah. Um, because they are substantial pieces to do. Although I would like them done by the time we play our game, because they're going to be epic in the game. I'm, I'm right if they're not. No, yeah, that's, <laughs> what I that's what I thought. So, um, yeah, I'm, and I've just bought today. It's arrived today. This is the joys of being. Uh, employed by Royal Mail because I got the notification it was coming and I was able to log on and look at exactly where it was and it and it arrived at the delivery office and I rang my mate up that works at the delivery office and I was like dude I'm leaving for work at half leaving for Plymouth at half ten can you tell me where the postman is and I will go and find him <laughs> to get and as it was Paul my postman who's a legend came to my house but and, and dropped it off to me especially it also came along with four more linemen for my orcs blood bowl team and um some transfers oh and a little a5 booklet which i will talk about in more rounds because otherwise i'm gonna talk for the whole thing (laughs) (laughs) um but anyway it's by dave taylor who people may or may not is this the book yeah yeah this is the book i thought we were going to talk about it in more rounds no 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 i'm talking about the book now the a5 booklet thing 
it's this is a A4 hardback book. All right, yeah. Called I think it's called Legions and Armies or something like that. And it's Dave Taylor who, if you flip back into White Dwarf, basically he spent a long time at Games Workshop. He was big into doing all the terrain and army yeah. projects, and it's all about the inspiration behind army projects and it's full of beautiful color photos um i've just read the forward by dan abner which is all about how where he gets his inspiration from and leads into dave's thoughts it's it's amazing so but i have just read two pages of it so i'm going to talk about it some more next time yeah um once i've had a bit more of a read of it i think i'm going to stop now How's your hobby? Because <laughs> you started talking about it. No, and no. And I witted on again. I, I just picked it up to get play with the handle because it was an appropriate time. No, I have done um, two things this month. I found myself really struggling with motivation, actually, um, after Christmas. I've stolen it. Yeah, maybe you have. <laughs> but then I, I've kind of applied your half an hour a day thing as well to just get me to start. And, and that's been really helpful. Um, and painting night's been really helpful as well because um, having something ready to go for painting night is, is kind of a bit of a push. Um, but I did the room priest um, for the oh, I came power thing. I finished him off. I struggle with this guy because the photos look pants. They really did, I thought. But I, I'm actually reasonably happy with him in person. But there is something about him I'm not quite sure about. Um, but he's done. And if I could pick out what it was that was wrong with it, I wouldn't be able to tell you. Which is really, that really bothers me, actually. Um, but there we are. I did, I changed his axe for a sword on this guy. Um, because I think I prefer swords. That's just as simple as that. Fair. <laughs> he looks great. I think he looks great. But even I, I said to you, I think he looks much better in person than the photos. Yeah. Everything's so much smoother in person. I don't know what that is about the picture, but. It's just really, it was just really hard to photograph, I think. But, um, so that's him. That only took me two evenings. So I smashed that out. Um, and then I've been working on my Redemptor. So I, I, oh, I'm terrible with this sort of stuff. So I had it in my mind. I was going to do one model and then another, work my way through the system. So I was going to do a 40k one and then an Age of Sigma one and then a Specialist Games one and then a Wild Cards or something from Saga or something. Um, but I needed to get these space walls done, so I had a few units for a planned game um, on Warren Community, and um, so I've gone from one to another, but then I got all my space walls out, and I was like, oh, I need to sort these dudes out, get them sprayed and airbrushed, and I've kind of almost talked myself into just smashing out as many space walls until I get bored as I possibly can. <laughs> Which um, Take care, because that's what I did. Yeah. Oh, my God. So I'm probably not, but what I've done is spray painted or spray primed all of them in grey, and then I'm going to do the wash that I do, which is a 50-50 Nuln Oil off across the whole thing, um, and then probably airbrush them up with rust like I do, um, and then zenith them with um, Fenris grey air, and then leave them. Okay. So that's probably a good like few hours work there. But it's the basic quick bit, uh, and then pick the units out one at a time and do them in sort of fives and dot them here and there and, get, and sort of work my way through them. Because um, I really would like to get the bulk of the old space walls done. Because um, 
the Primaris really slowed that down because they came out and I wanted to do them. Mm-hmm. And I didn't. I still haven't really got through all of the old stuff. So the pri- that that Redemptor Dreadnought, that's the first time I've really done airbrushing on panels other than on the Titan. Um, on the Titans. But I've been trying to get that tonal highlight across the panel. So the edges are... It's a bit stylized, but I've toned it down a little bit because I didn't want it to be too, too much. Um, I don't think that would fit with the army. So I've got that done. Got the metal. I love this claw. Yeah. So that's just taking the fingers of the power fist, um, and then taking the claw from the the space wolf, um, venerable dreadnought sprue, and leaving that little kind of cabling bit on, and then just putting it on the end of the fingers. Because um, I, I think well, it's a subtle thing. Obviously, it's not subtle if it's ripping you apart, but <laughs> it's a subtle thing which makes it really Space Wolf, I yeah. think. It's it's the first thing I think I noticed when yeah. it was sat there and I picked it up and it just drew my eye and I thought, oh, that's sweet. But it looks... it Basically, it looks like it came with it. Yeah. I, I, I spent a long time trying to make that to get the finger lengths right as well, so they're all this all slightly different. Um and we're quite chuffed with how it turned out actually. Um I'm a bit sad that I've got a second redemptor. And I haven't <laughs> And you haven't got the bits. No. Well but, you could you need another dreadnought really. Well that dreadnought kit did me really well actually, because I've used a lot of the bits on that one. I built Beyond the Fell Handed. Um and I used all the spare bits. Do you remember the, is it Black Reach? Came with the Dreadnought? Yeah. Um, so I had that one because my brother basically gave me all of his stuff and that box of Black Reach was in there. So I had that one and I carved off so much of that and just stuck on the Space Wolf bit. So we got a new head, new carapace, the new, the shin guards. Um, and that, that actually looks really quite good. Um, you can tell it's the Black Reach one if you look underneath and you can see all the cavities in there. There's not so much deeper detail, but I've managed to get effectively a Redemptor Dreadnought to look like a Space Wolf Dreadnought, another Dreadnought to look like a Space Wolf Dreadnought, and Beyond the Fell Handed out of one kit, and I still have spares. So it's a great kit. It's exactly what you want from a from a chapter-specific kit to be able to sort of throw across the army and, and make other units, generic units, look more um, chapter-specific. Um, I need one of these. Yeah. It's studded. Like, I sat looking at it. I love it. In I person, said to you, didn't I? Beast. Like, I can imagine the chassis all, like, lined up on the wall. And then them getting the uh, the incumbent in his little sarcophagi and slotting it in. And then these things slowly closing. And then gradually, like, light flickering, lights flicking on and, mm. and it taking a step. Oh, my goodness. It's just mega, yeah. isn't it? It's a much nicer model in person. Yeah. Because the legs are big. Because in the photographs, the legs look really small. Yes, yeah. It's it's much better balanced in person, isn't it? Yeah. Like, proportion, sorry. Yeah, it's crack. It'd look good in ultramarine blue as well. <laughs> it would. <laughs> uh, one of the things I've put on a lot on that one is I've used a lot of the shields from um, mm. from the Storm Raven because I, I don't... Is that what that's from? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. I thought from the Storm... Do you mean do you mean the frost fang? Yeah. Yeah. I I thought they were from the um Is it not the Storm Raven? The Storm Raven is What is it? I don't called? think there's a Space Wolf kit for the Storm Raven. No, what is it called? The... I can never remember what it's called. That thing. 
the Ram of Doom. Yeah, the Battering Ram. Anyway, that's... Stormwolf? St- yeah, Stormwolf, that makes sense. That's a sort of typical <laughs> Games Workshop. It's all right, at least you're not known for being a Space Wolf player or anything. No, I know. Um, <laughs> I didn't really think that it made sense to have something flapping in the wind as you're coming down from orbit. You know, especially if you're coming down... It get burned off. Yeah, it would get burned off. <laughs> um, so I thought it made much more sense hanging them off their sides of Dreadnought. Um, and the one on the back, I kind of had this thing that it's his. So before he was incumbent, it's got ah, his shield on his yes. back. Um, so, yeah, I like that. I'm happy with that. So that's mostly got the armour done. It's got all of the, the metal done. The yellow's done. Um, I need to pick out, do all the edge highlighting. Uh, and pick out the the detailing. Um, I want to do some freehand on it, but I haven't quite decided what I'm going to do. Seems the fashionable thing to do it in sort of corn ready colour, and um, do not work and that kind of stuff. So I'll probably think about that. I've got enough. There's Viking. some good transfer Forge World transfers. Not that you'd need to do it with transfers, but they might provide inspiration. Well, that I I could never get it as good as the transfers, but I'm fancying doing it freehand just. Well, you won't ever get it as good as the transfers until you try, will you? Storm no. Fang gunship. So it wasn't far off. It's just come to me. Yeah. On my phone. <laughs> um, Which hopefully hasn't done the same thing to this episode as it did to the last one. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just noticed my phone was on the desk. So I've moved throw it out the window, gone. Um, irritatingly, after doing all that panel blending with the airbrush, I'm going to have to weather it now, do all the chipping, but I think it'll... Yeah, but it's it's layers of awesome then, isn't it? A bit like yeah. a gato. Yeah. They have layers from, from of the awesome. Chateau. Gato and the chateau. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like nothing to do with the chateau. No, but... To be honest, gatos haven't got a lot to do with layering <laughs> airbrush paints either, but um tastes good. Oh yeah, they do. Moving on from they, that. They they ain't sin free. No. <laughs> um That's me though, really. Um Yeah. I'd like to do, I'd love to crack on with my goblins. That's what, uh, the start of the year always feels like, and will always feel like, from sort of February onwards, um, Age of Sigma time. Yeah. Because of, because of, um, malign importance. And the, that really got me in the flow last year. I really sat down and I worked really mm-hmm. hard on that Iron Jaws. Yeah, and, yeah. And it filled up. And because I had that deadline. Yep. It, re- it really got, me into the flow, and then for the rest of the year, I just sort of let that kind of momentum continue. Um, I really want to do the the Gloom Spire gits, and probably add a couple of units to my um, Iron Jaws. And what I'm happy about this year is because I laid the groundwork last year. We've got units, I've got armies to play for everything now. I feel like I'm in a position where I can just add to things. Um, and that's like yeah, saying, that's I, a lovely position to be in. I, I don't. I don't feel like I need to create a new orc army or a new storm stormcast army. I feel like I can just add to those because I mean they're not the most beautifully painted. They are an army and they are army painted, um, but I'm perfectly happy with that um, because I think they look fine. Well, so. and that will always trump unpainted. Yeah. Plus, it's a lovely standard. Um, and, and the nice thing is, unlike. Um, Muggins here, who didn't write down his paint schemes, you've not only written them down, for some of them you've done painting guides, so it's like really in depth. Well, that, yeah, 
I, so I haven't actually it. done a better painting guide for that one because I didn't. I wasn't confident enough with the airbrushing to be able to sort of write about it. I'll probably write a little thing afterwards and say this was what this is what I did because I effectively with him um, I used the Tamiya air paints and um, appreciated it mm-hmm. and then gently went over with Russ and leaving a, and then highlighted it with um, the Fenrisian air. Mm-hmm. I've actually found the Fenrisian air. Now it's on such a large model, is quite a lot brighter, um, on a slightly different shade than Fenris. Mm-hmm. Well, it's not as bright as Fenris grey, but it, it's a slightly different shade. I don't more of a bluer than a grey, mm-hmm. if that makes any sense. Um, and I prefer my space was a bit greyer than bluer. <laughs> I'm making a great sense here, but yeah, um, I think though once you. Once I've done Excuse the edge me. highlighting on it and the chipping, I think it'll bring it back. I'll burn myself out already. You have. <laughs> I'm already yawning now. Do you need a coffee? Yeah, probably. <laughs> um, so, I mean, the pre- that's the first time I've done pre-shading. I'm quite happy with how it turned out. Um, but I, I didn't feel confident enough talking to people through how I did it, if that makes any sense. Well, that's all right. You've got lots more to practice on. Yeah. But I'm going to be giving my orcs again. I, actually, going f- before the orcs, the grots. So I had a revelation with the grots. This is going to sound really obvious to some people, but um, the guys in Heavy Metal do a fantastic job of um, working out what they want their army to look like. I mean, the amount of effort that goes into that, I I really didn't come to grips with um, until at Warhammer Fest they were talking about the Deepkin Mm -hmm. and how long they spent working out the colour schemes and working alongside um, Seb Pervert and creating what they thought was their, their kind of benchmark colour scheme and then they had all of these others which they thought would work as well and they did those and they put yep. them in the book and it's a fantastic um, army book, I love it um, but they've been, they've been doing that more and more with each of the new books and they've done it with the Gloomspire kits of course and that makes sense but there's a kind of rather than the Deepkin where you're starting from scratch with the Gloomspire kits, you, you've got the Moonface grots with the yellow faces, the you know, bad moon um as a as a kind of primer, but they posted up on Instagram. Oh, these are some others that we did. And I was like, oh, so they didn't need to have yellow faces. Why didn't I think of that before? And I don't think the yellow face grot ties into the overall theme of my destruction army. So I'm probably going to go back and do the faces red, change it to tighten with the orcs. Yeah, get some white in there and use either a white background or you know the um. Rakar flesh background with a red face or a red background with a white face. Because won't it look so cool? You know the loom boss? Yeah. That's all armoured up? Yeah. If you do his armour like your orcs? Yeah. With a white and a, bl- and a red? Yeah, yeah exactly. That's just going to look amazing, isn't it? Yeah. I want the whole thing to tie together because yeah. I, I want my oh, destruction yeah. army to be... Like, I want my order to all be based around the same story. That, you know, outpost where they've got, like, the Knights of the Round Table thing going on and the, the Stormcasts are, like... A defensive thing that came down right at the last minute to, the, to you know, in the final yeah. battle. And then that's the kind of whole theme. So all of my um, dwarves and humans and elves are all going to be based around that concept. Um, I want the destruction to be the same. So they're all that kind of, mm. they're all part of the same war. And although the goblins are there and they painted their armor the same as the orcs, I probably make it so, then the, you know, they're sort of. Hanging on the coattails, but they're not—they're yeah, really, yeah. not really there to support them. They're kind of there just because it's a good fight, and 
It feels well, like... probably the moon happens to be in the right place. Yeah. yeah. I which, what I love about the Gloom Spike Gips and you is the fact that there are a whole bunch of fungus fueled goblins, <laughs> right? You hate mushrooms with a passion. Yeah. Like and the second part of them worship the bad moon because they think it's a spider egg sack <laughs> and it may hatch and rain spiders across the mortal realms, which you also don't like. I don't have a massive problem with spiders. I have a huge problem with them when they're like infesting my house because it's... <laughs> it's amazing. We have like a wolf spider problem where every year, like all the male wolf spiders come out looking for their partners and they just they'll scuttle across the floor and they're whopping great things. I mean, they're not venomous or dangerous, no. but they're enough to be like, oh crap. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. But I, I, I've always liked goblins because it feels like. And it feels the same with this release, that the people who are sculpting them, Davlath, yeah. you know, they're just mental. They're absolutely mental. Um, which is funny because it never really, it's never really materialised into a 40k or, or Cool Goblin Arm or Gretchen thing. I've never really quite got into them as much, but, but the, you know, you get picked up by different things, don't you? Yep. So that's my, that's my plan. That's what I've been up to. Um, We've talked ourselves into 34 minutes, so... I know, you've gone on a bit. I have. <laughs> so, I have. shall we go forward into the galaxy of war? Let's do it. Forward! It's your game. It is! I was just deactivating the Geller field as right. we come out of the warp there. Not at all distracted. Take your phone and put it away Move from the, the phone the... over there. Right. You'll sound like an admin Good. again. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So welcome to the Galaxy of War, the Grim Darkness. Um, stuff to talk about this this episode. Necromunda for me, dude. Uh, I, don't, I've, I don't have much to talk about, actually. It's the first time for a long time when it comes to Galaxy of War, but... I'm sure it'll come to me. I'm sure it will. Um, I would like to talk about um, Ulrich the Slayer because briefly. Yeah, well, let's start. uh, Let's start there. So we've got. I don't know. Have you listened to all the Vox casts? Uh, nearly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, So I I don't know if I've I've listened to three. Yeah, there are three. Yeah. Yeah. So it was it was Darren Latham's one um, that came back to me while I was was getting all my space walls out because he talked about how he. did a lot of the design work for the Space Wars recently. Um, and Old Slayer was a really, that, that really stuck with me because, um, I, th- I think personally it's one of the best Space Marine models or Space Marine Space Wolf, but definitely Space Wolf, but probably Space Marine models that's been done in an awfully long time. And the reason is because Old the Slayer was a massive part of, of, um, of 40k for me when I was a kid. And, uh, and the Space Wars, you know, you read about how Ulrich the Slayer was the one who chose Ragnar, who kind of mentored these people, um, and turned them into something better. And in the original Space Wolf rules, you could chose, you could, I you just, could, you yeah, could and add, up their weapon yeah, skill, wasn't it? Because you've been mentored by Ulrich the Slayer. Yeah. And, um, that first model was so different from all of the other chaplains, that wolf skull, he looked like he was leading them into battle, mm-hmm. um, and it it was one of those iconic models, a bit like Ragnar the Blackmane is. Yeah. Now Ragnar Blackmane hasn't been redone, but it struck me when I was 
picking him up and sort of looking at him and thinking, oh, I really want to paint him because I need to, because he's gorgeous. And I've had it sat on my day desk for two years and I've been doing other things because I can't just have a space or farm made up of characters. <laughs> yes. <laughs> doesn't work. Um, Although that would be a great scenario. Yeah, it would. It would. Like Kill Team, Ultimate Slayer, Ragnar, Like the Seven Samurai yeah. type thing. Now, now Stormcaller, Nigel. Um, but I, it struck me while I was looking at him how much of a massive undertaking it must have been to take someone so charismatic, uh, such a vital part of the background of 40k, and reimagine him. Um and I contra I got to thinking about the new Minus Calgar at the same time. Mm. And the Minus Calgar I really liked. Um but I I think it's really hard to o- overstate how difficult it must be to take someone so iconic and reimagine them in iterations. Um and I I think that the Terminator Minus Calgar, the last one, was absolutely stunning. Yes. It was one of the best reimaginings from a second edition to a Whatever it was when that was released, fifth or fourth? Oh, I don't remember. Um, it, it just, it was minus Calgar, but it was just minus Calgar turned up to 11. And it wasn't just, I think the other thing that one did really well is it was a really nice, um, envisaging of Terminator armor. Yeah. As well. Yeah. It, how it articulates and what it looks like. And as it was striding forward and he, he looked like a train that had no intention <laughs> yeah, of stopping. Yeah. Um, and, the new one I really like, um, and I think it's taken it an, a new step and saying this is what the new armor looks like. In fact, it's a new class of armor that I didn't even realize until I looked at the model in person. It's got like this jetpack intakes. Mm. It, it's a completely new class of armor. So that's another, they're, they're opening the field as to what sort of equipment these guys can have. Um, but going back to Oryx Slayer, he could not be more different from the, the last one. Mm. He, he's completely different. He's not moving. He's got his helmet off. He's got all of, like, a completely different design concept. Um, and when he talked about how, you know, he went down and spoke to Jess and was like, oh, you know, he, and his bounce ideas of, because you're the guy who did the first one. I just had this wonderful mental image of what the design studio must be like. <laughs> and, um, and, but that guy, um, for me, is now Ulrich in every single way. He he's so much how I imagined him in my head, standing like anyone who comes near him is in a world of trouble. He's so confident that he can stand there with his weapon on the floor, holding it with his helmet in his hand, as if to say, "Well, kind of genuinely, you ain't got much hope, so yeah, yeah. keep yourselves at arm's length." Um, it and I captures his character, doesn't it? Absolutely, really well. Um, and I love the flowing cape, bringing the movement to the model. What what's been really good about Boxcast and Stormcast is that you get a really nice glimpse, and and the hour goes really fast when you're listening yeah. or watching on YouTube, um, or into the process and how the, the thought process yeah. and where inspiration is drawn from. And I I did speak about Stormcast a bit in the last one, but just it's just really interesting, and it it's is, exactly yeah. what you'd want. From a podcast made by Games Workshop, because they can do things that we don't have a chance to. Well, yeah, exactly, and and it's exactly what they should be doing because and it opens the door, it opens a window into yeah the design studio and the thought processes. It's brilliant. I, I love it. Yeah, because for that one brief moment, I could almost imagine what exactly what it was like. You know, yeah, seeing those two people, those legends come together and and have that conversation. 
Um, but when I came back and picked up the model, it was just like, what? Hit me like a brick. Loved it. Um, it was a real moment for me. So he's probably not far off of my, um, to do list until I listen to the next book. Yeah, it'll be whatever <laughs> that is. Yeah, that's the, the trouble, isn't probably it? Probably paint them as fast as um as they inspire me. Yeah. Um, but I think he is a must. I yeah, love the eye patch. I, I think that's my favourite new edition. Yeah. Because you never really knew with the old one, but the fact that he's got an eye patch and the fact that he's gone like I don't need a bionic eye, it makes me think of that like we were soldiers, sergeant. There'll be enough of them lying around if I need one, boy. About the M60. <laughs> yes, I don't need the newfangled bionic nonsense. I all right with one, thank you. <laughs> my, my one good eye. Uh, so yeah, love it. So Necromunda. So Necromunda, yes. So um, I got to play Necromunda on Thursday evening. Um, Chris had written a scenario. Chris is loves rules. And stories. And stories and mm. background. And it's fantastic. It's really great. And he churns it out so quickly. And he's read so many rule sets. So he wrote a scenario for us where essentially, and he'd even written like a background introduction to it as well. It's really it brilliant. Out? Yeah, he reads That's it out amazing. as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it's so good. I love it. He's, he's like, he is the epitome of what you'd want if you were doing narrative wargaming. It's just Excellent. great. It's great. So, um, He'd written us a scenario, uh, because it was Ben Chambers's birthday where he had a Goliath gang. Yeah. That, um, that Chris had brought along, um, defending their sort of stronghold against an attack by the three other gangs of the three of the rest of us. So another Goliath gang, um, no, was it another Goliath gang? It was a Vansar gang. Yeah. No, Vansar, Escher. And my corridor. Yeah. And, um, the board was like a triangle shape with the Goliath at the point and us sort of closing in mm. and then Goliath coming in from the sides to reinforce their friends. And it was, it was a bloodbath. The Goliath just kicked the living daylights out of everyone. <laughs> it was mental. Um, I am saying it now, my dice. And I know that's the excuse, but even the guys were like, this is insane. <laughs> I just couldn't roll the hit for the same my life. But they, uh, in the end, Ben started with five Goliath, and really he didn't need any reinforcements. <laughs> my entire ten-man gang couldn't get past two of them down this corridor. It was just mental. At one point, a Goliath with a flipping great rivet cannon was surrounded by three guy- corridor guys, um, including my leader, who completely failed to kill him, and he beat them all up. <laughs> It's amazing. So it was, it was really good. Um, really good scenario. It was very balanced, except that the, 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 the dice were just yeah. insane. Uh, and I did, you know, I'd like to say accidentally, but it was more kind of deliberate. Um, fire a, a purgation shot that may have hit two of Dan's fighters. <laughs> <laughs> and then it all started kicking off. Um, Tom's Van Sar just run off. <laughs> it was ridiculous. I don't know what's going on. But it was great. And it was really cool to see Dan Wadsley playing a uh, different game. Um, so we're hoping he'll see an interest in it. I mean, it's, it's a great game if you don't want to, you don't have to spend loads to play Necromunda, but if you want to and you really want to get into it, it then you can. You yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And, um, so yeah, it was really good fun. And Chris and I are meeting up next week. Uh, to have an evening of constructing terrain for the 
because we want to try and play it 3D. So I've got yeah. two of the Sector Minotaurums yeah. with the crates, and he's got two of the other one, the Sector Mechanicus. Yeah. So we're going to just get together and build terrain. Yeah. And we've got this idea of having this sort of um stop-off point, I suppose, for the big convoys that the Orlocks run um out in the desert. So we're going to theme the terrain. Yeah, cool. Um, with like desert, and then Chris wants to get a couple of the orc buggies, yeah, and do some conversions with like Goliaths or something on them, and then do Orlocks riding the little bikes that are coming out for the Gene Stealer cults. I've said that Cordor for vehicles would probably have shopping trolleys with like sails because <laughs> that's how they roll, <laughs> like something out of Hook. Yeah, it would be. <laughs> so, um, it's going to be like a mad sort of. Mad Max come yeah. Dune type craziness. Um, but yeah, that's, that's the concept. So, cause we're thinking that in June, because at the moment, Chris is studying. So in June, we're going to start a campaign, mm. hopefully pending imminent arrival of like me and Ben have both got kids who are due to be born at the end of May. So it could all go a bit awry, but. Yeah. Yeah, all plans probably best uh, left. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. But I, I'm really enjoying Necromunda. So I never played Necromunda the first time round. Um, it was one of those things that was just going off the boil, I suppose, as yeah. I came into the hobby. Yeah, and and like I, as I just started as well, I was. It was probably still around being played, but I was focused on 40k at the time. So that's yeah. the thing that hooked me in. Um, but I know about Necromunda. I knew like some of the background and some of the models but i i'm really enjoying it and as we said last time i've i've just got this absolute focus on the one gang which is helping a lot yeah and um, it's something i wish I, I did have um i've been looking through looking through the books trying to find one that catches me a bit more because um i like the escher and i like the goliath um and i enjoy painting them both um but i can't I want to invest like I do with everything. I'm, I like investing. So, um, but then interestingly, like we were talking about before we came out, and I think we said last time, I don't have that for Titanicus. Yeah. Which is really weird because I have been buzzing. I used to play Epic. Yeah. And I loved it. I've been buzzing for Titanicus to come out. When I first heard about it, I nearly flipping just lost it completely, as I, you would imagine with I, me. I remember. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I've been so excited, but now it's here. I just can't engage with a, a Legio for some reason. And I do need to finish off my Legio Griffonicus Titan because he needs weathering. And I, and that might do it. That might tip it. And I might think, yeah, they look cool. Um, but I've been looking at all sorts because they've just released for pre-order three new transfer sheets today. Volper, Krytos, and one other. Solaria, I think. That isn't a Storm. That isn't a Storm, no. Um, they'll come, though, because they're in the Titan Death Book. Mm, yeah. And rules are in the Titan Death Book. So, I'm temp. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what I want to do for them. Um, a bit of me, I think a little bit of me is a bit, I'm a bit screwed up because in Heresy, which is when this is set, I play Salamanders and I've collected Salamanders. And I've been a loyalist. And I've always been fine with that. And then in 40k, I'm an outright heretic and I play my world ears. Yeah. And the two have not met. 
And for a long time, it looked like Heresy would sort of sneak into 40k and make me, and I would end up doing something like Ultramarines or something like this. But what's actually happening is the darkness is creeping back now. <laughs> and I'm wanting, and I really would like to do a World Eaters army. Yeah. I'd really like to do a World Eaters army in the white and the blue and all the blood and, oh, and just, I just flip in. And then somebody went and painted the red angel and I was like, oh my goodness, <laughs> I need anger on. So that's making me think, oh, I want to do a traitor legio. And I do really like, I've seen some wonderful Mortis engines, mm. but it's getting the black right. And, and also the problem with Mortis is they turn to Nurgle and that's just the wrong choice. Yeah. And there is, so Scorn has got, there are a couple, um, there's RR Jacks, is it? Legio R Jacks, something like that. But that's just Warhounds. Yeah. Well, I'm not having any of that. They are lovely models and easy to paint. Yeah, so. they're lovely, but I don't want just Warhounds. No. Um, there is one other. Oh, they're, I know they're brown with bone trim. Oh, that's quite cool. Which is different. Um, so I'd have to think about that. Well, they're a rust, rust brown. They're called, they are with, yeah. with bone trim. I can't remember what, what the flipping Legio name is, you which could is do great. Yeah. There's no there's no reason why they have to be the same. No. Oh, unless the rules sort of start to make that a thing. You can have two. Yeah, but that wouldn't. I mean And I think the rules apply per maniple, don't they? So you can have you could have one maniple of one and one maniple of another. Mm. Um Talking of Titanicus, I'm currently listening to I can't remember what the book's called, but it's it's the Imperator Titan book from the two the, the Titan I think it might actually be called Imperator, actually. <laughs> I think it is called, because the first one's called Warlord. So I think it is by, um, it's Gav Thorpe. And that's quite interesting. Mm. It's all set inside the, yeah, the Titan. I, I really can't wait for them to do an Imperator Titan. I mm. genuinely can't wait for that. I, that, if they don't do that, I think I'd be really disappointed. That'd be like a bombshell for me. That'd be like, whatever is happening, whatever is getting painted will get put to one side. I'm doing the Imperator. I'd be really surprised. Based on the fact that nothing is off the table, it seems. And it moment. feels achievable. Yeah. It feels achievable. Size-wise, it feels achievable. Detail-wise, it feels achievable. You, I think it's going to be... You're paying for it. You will pay for it, but I don't think it's... But that's not a barrier. No. Not not for them to build it, because no. there will be people who want it. Like, hands up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Me, but... So, yeah, there's some thoughts to go into <clears throat> to Legio. Um, it might even be. I think that bone. Um, that seems like a nice color, and it would fit with. You'd be practic- You'd be doing a lot of that with your um corridor, so you'll be in the mood for it, or you know, in the groove. So you, you won't be able to have to sit and think, "Oh, how am I going to do that?" Which is always a sort of sticking point when you're starting an army. You'll be able to take what you've done and think, "Well, actually, I'd like it a bit browner, so I'm going to do this, or a bit creamier, I'm going to do that." So I think. Your core, or uh, I, I might be wrong, but are they Steel Legion? Yeah, yeah. So you, you might want to go for something slightly reddier brown, like Mornfang, so that you you contrast nicely with the bone. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, th- you won't have to spend a lot of time thinking about that. Whereas I think with which yellow to use against blue and that kind of stuff, the Graphonicus and Astorum, you can 
that kind of thinking process. And for example, Mortis with your black, you'll be spending a long time sitting there thinking, oh, how am I going to do my black? Hmm. We'll see. I'm sure it'll click at some point and I'll forget this was ever a thing. And I'll play it back to you and go, you remember that time when you didn't like Primaris? Don't even go there. <laughs> that never happened. That never happened. Oh, why are they called Hellblasters? That sounds really chaotic. <laughs> I don't think I said that. Yes, you did. I, got, I can go back on the text message I, I don't think I was that bad. I, I My main bugbear was the, the, the impact on standard Astartes. But that's being really nicely addressed now. Yeah. Which yeah, is that's... great. And that's helped a lot. I still think it's totally ridiculous that they can't ride in a land raider. A land raider. I can get over the pod because the pod's got harnesses and I, yeah, I can't really, but I can. <laughs> uh, but the land raider is just a box with a space in it. I, somebody said, and I get that there might be a tactical reason, but ultimately if you are here and you are, created to bring death to the enemies of mankind and they are over there and there's a land raider here that can get you there quicker you would get in it can you imagine being manius calgar with his custom-built land raider at the moment and he can't go in it (laughs) (laughs) gutting it's like a theme isn't it this about the podcast but you know when i've read dave taylor's book i'm going to do a project which is going to be an ultramarine army yeah that's actually going to end up being white blue Covered in blood and actually world eaters. But... <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah. So we're planning to hopefully play a game of 40k, uh, in, on Warhammer TV. Yeah. As long as I can get a list, I think I can crush you with. Um, which is my, the main reason why I'm doing my space wars. Um, do you want to talk about roughly? Do you want to talk about lists beforehand? Are we going to keep it secret and then put them yeah, all there? I'll talk about my list. It won't help you. <laughs> it won't help me. <laughs> no um, so that's the reason why I've got the Redemptor and the Storm Fang done to add some firepower into and big bulky units into what is effectively my army as a troop army. Mm-hmm. Spent a long time umming and ahhing whether to shove Logan Grimnar or Ragnar Blackmane in there. I'm not sure about that yet. I haven't made my mind up. It'd be lovely um, to showcase your Primaris Blackmane. Yeah. I'm I'm having an airing between him and the Grav Grav Captain. I think the, the Grav dude the sorry the Grav dude. I think Logan on his Grav sled yeah. would be incredible. He is so good. Yeah, he is. Yeah. He is brilliant. And I quite like the idea and of him to be fair, flying around mopping up your units. Yeah, and he, <laughs> and he did lead your wolves to victory last time we played. He did. That is, that's a very good reason to have it, which... just wiped out that whole bloodletter. You it, was just, it was just. <laughs> it was own. so funny because I hit you and you were like, nah. "Oh my goodness, corn berserkers!" And they were just like, Rah! And then Logan was like, "Excuse me, dudes, I've got this. <laughs> Hold my beer, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely." And he just was like, "Ah!" Just slaying everyone. Mm. Yeah, so Logan would be good. That's a really good point, and I hadn't thought about that. So scrap up talking about army list. I've got to redo it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm trying to get the Helldrakes done. I, I'm not sure I will because they're just a pain. Well, focus on one. No, because I need two. Okay, but anyway, I'd like to get the Helldrakes done and some bikers because something that I I really enjoy the Maelstrom missions, the ones where you pull in the cards. But what I find is because I have to go over there to cause damage with my army. Mm. Then going and getting objectives 
certainly after the first turn or two gets painful gets hard yeah whereas i what what i was kind of thinking is having some bikers and using them on as twofold really like a skirmish screen in a way to keep anything that arrives out of reserves you know, keep them on on the flanks and stuff, so that stuff can't come on within yeah. nine inches of the main middle yeah. of the army. Um, and then also use them with their massive. I mean, they can go. I think their movement sixteen, and then they get a six inch run if they run. They just automatically get six inches because they're bikers. All bikers get that, I think. Um, and use them to like whip around and get things. And they'll have chainsaws. And I'll do them up as corn berserker ones, even though you can't have corn berserkers on there but they'll have chain swords and stuff chain axes no, well i'd like to give them chain axes but i can't have chain axes game wise so it's never stopped me no i know maybe i will we'll see um i have got some very nice forge world chain axes to use um so i got them uh, in mind the hell drakes because of the speed mm. 30 inches is just and they can essentially it's about trying to like push aside the stuff because the thing with corn berserkers is they hit like a flipping train they are amazing but when they've hit once they once they get retaliated against they die because they are i know it sounds ridiculous but in eighth edition they are only space marines (laughs) so they're only toughness four with one wound and a three up save Mm. and and you know that three up save can rapidly become a five plus exactly yeah. and and everybody's got something that can just take them off so if they hit a screening unit then they they kill it but then they'll die and then i'm out of stuff i've run out of that's my dudes gone so um i i can't be having that no. so i need to need to do something about clearing stuff out which is the hell drakes um I've got a whole bunch of cultists because I... You gave my son cultists for Christmas. Yeah, I know. It's good, wasn't it? God. <laughs> He's going, can I build my cult? No, I don't want to. But I have to. You, you have to. But, yeah, I bought him cultists. So I thought it was brilliant. <laughs> um, Yeah, and then the cultists because... Two reasons, really. One is because you can... I got a unit of 40 that... At any point, I can just remove them from the board and bring them on somewhere else at full strength, no matter how many have died. So that's quite cool. You've got them painted up? No. It's a lot of work in a couple it of is, It is, isn't it? Yeah. You can't just have 40 unpainted dudes. No, no, I'm not unpa- no, 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 no way. No what a shame. That's um, <laughs> <laughs> basically, if I could get it all done, I'd have 13 command points as well, which is nice. Mm. I won't get it all done, but I'll try. I haven't even looked at command points. You can tell I'm a narrative game, can't you? <laughs> the trouble is, I'll say all this. You'll then come and flatten me, and then I'll look even sillier. But hey-ho, it'll be good fun. I'll go to Bugman's after. <laughs> Fine. Be no, actually, something... no. There will be no more drinking in Nottingham. <laughs> <laughs> Never again. Not after the last time. you put that on record now. I know. <laughs> it's not going to stay for true for long. I was, uh, where was I? I was out somewhere with Tom. And he tapped on the table, like he did, did like for, to have a drink. Yeah. And I just looked at him. I was like, "No, man. Last time you did that, it took me a week and a half to go." <laughs> yeah. It was, yeah. Never again. Right, Mister. Shall we um, grab a cup of tea and move on to the more rounds? Yes. Oh yeah. 
We haven't even, I haven't even mentioned refreshments it's because I was fully refreshed already. And then you sort of flatlined a little bit. Yeah. Then I had a bit of a yawn. Let's go and grab some refreshments. Like an old man. <laughs> <laughs> See you in the mortal realms. Hi guys, and welcome to the Mortal Realms. We are brewed up, um, refreshments in hand, ready to go. I'm going to be, I'm a bit, I'm going to, I've just noticed there's paint all over my Space Wolf mug. That's why I'm pausing. It's devastating. I managed to get you drinking out of a Space Wolf mug though, so. Yeah. Um, I, I have not been able to get my hands on the, on the Gloomspire gits because they're all for my birthday, which is next week. So. Everyone's got their gloom spy gates, and I don't have them, and I'm really sad about that in a lot of ways, but I'm going to have one hell of a birthday. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But it's really cool to see everyone everyone doing this. So I had planned to talk about the Codex, what was in it, you know, sort of review it, but I haven't been able to do that, so I'm sorry. Apologies. There's something to look forward to for next time. There is, yeah. so what's been going on this month? Well, last two weeks, releases-wise, there has not been a great deal that we haven't already talked about. Um, but really excited to see, finally, I think there was a massive delay with these guys. I don't know whether that was intentional or what. The, un- the Underworlds uh, kits. Yeah, I, I don't know what the trouble. release schedule... I can't remember what the release schedule was like for the last lot. No, but I, I I think they were after Christmas, so I'm not sure why I'm surprised that these are are after Christmas. But um, maybe we just saw the previews sooner. Yeah, it just feels like I've been waiting for them for ages. I mean, put them on my Christmas list. Hmm. Um, but I am really excited about these two. Uh, I haven't actually managed to paint the others from the night night vault yet, which is a bit of a shame because I really tried to keep up with Shadespire, but I think there's other things that have got in the way. So what they'll probably end up getting done is when I come around to do their armies. But then they're quick projects. But we've got to give you a 30 minutes thing. Um, well, I was actually thinking of doing the sepulchral guard. Yeah, they're really fast. Hump. Yeah. And they're stunning. Yeah, they're wonderful, aren't they? Um, but I'm, I really like the look of both of those and the Trogoth one, um, which I think is brilliant. The background. The fact that he's just looking for someone to sleep just gives me chuckles. But <laughs> uh, then... I like the stalag squig. Yeah, I know I've said this before, but it, now I'm reading the background, and he's like a really angry piece of terrain. He <laughs> <So I> can't <laughs> even move. He just bites your kneecaps if you come too close. So yeah, I, they'll they'll get painted on some of my grit got grots, I think. So grots. Thought I, was, thought I was verged into 40k then, but no, they are called grots now, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> um, but I don't really have much more to say. So you're going to have to lead this one, I'm afraid, then. Well, that's all right, because I've played a game. Excellent. I've played two games, actually. Um, so first off, I played Ben against his Deepkin um, in a Warhammer Skirmish game, using the rules from the new White Dwarf. Yeah. Um, so it was quite cool actually, because we randomly rolled up the mission and we got the one where you, the attacker, the, sorry, the defender is in the middle yeah. in a square and they're trying to enact this ritual 
So we did it on my ice board. And what we basically did is we set up those huts I've got for the ice board. Yeah. And we said that the chaos has sort of overrun the huts and burned everything down and all that. And we're trying to do this ritual to bring sort of corn's eye and, and therefore summon the demons. And then the deep kin came out because it was obviously on the edge of like a frozen lake and they come up out of the lake to attack them. So the deep can come on from around. They all set up all the way around. Yeah. And essentially it's five rounds. The rules are really the only main difference that I could see, obviously different battle plans and different ways of building your army or using the war scrolls. Yeah. So it's 250 points as is it. T- uh, well, it's not, oh, no, what are they called? It's not points. Something else, anyway, doesn't matter, but it's measured in these um, levels. It's almost like points because you you pay five extra points for the um, champions and the special weapons, so there there is a bit more cost in there. But with the war scrolls, you're not everybody separate, and there's no limitations on um, having. You, you can have like one model, for example. Yeah, yeah. There's no minimums. Yeah. Um, there are maximums, but there's no minimums. Um, and yeah, other than that, it's, it's pretty similar. And it's obviously they're in white dwarf, which is great. So it's really easy to get hold of. Um, so I had already chosen to have a slaughter priest leading mine. Yeah. So course. straight away, he was going to be the guy trying to summon something. Um, but then as we read more of the rules, it's like the guy that's trying to summon, all he can do is move. He can't fight and he can't contribute because he's trying <laughs> to summon. So I was like, oh, bugger. <laughs> so, but anyway, um, should have read the rules. Should have read the rules. So anyway, but it was great. Um, and it was really interesting because by the end of round two, it looked like I was just going to steamroll Ben off the table. Yeah. Um, um, my my Rathmongers had like killed a couple of dudes. Um, the Namati just weren't doing it for Ben with the dice. Although actually they are pretty scary. They are frightening. Um, but then in sort of round three and four, it went the other way and Ben managed to get the drop on me in a couple of places. And the Namati just did start slicing stuff up. Yeah. Um, and uh does their kind of ebb and flow thing apply in skirmish? No. No. Because it's a le- because it's an allegiance ability. So yeah. there are four allegiance abilities for skirmish depending on which grand alliance you're from. Yeah. That's it. There's n- there's no other there's no other ones outside of that. Yeah. Yet. Um and and actually it came down to fifth battle round, so final battle round. Mm-hmm. Final turn. And it was my priest who was trying to get away and still summon. And Ben had one guy left who came in and shivved him. <laughs> and, and, and that was it. So there's one guy left. So it was really balanced in the end. Yeah. And it was really good fun. Um, and what was really nice for me is like, I've not been able to play Ben at Age of Sigmar because he doesn't have an Age of Sigmar army. He's just started. And so it, it, it's given him a chance to play yeah. a bit, which was great. Um, he's painting up his tie caster for arcane power competition which is which is really nice looks really nice i saw it the other day and it's it's very good um so yeah that was it that was really good i really enjoyed that and it's played on the same size it's played on 40 by 30 i think 
I think it's the equivalent of two of the kill team boards put together. Yeah, which is, uh, I, I think they're a board designed to have room around the edges. Oh. If that makes any sense. Yeah. In the same way the Titanicus is designed to be mm. a, a board with sort of bits down the side for you to put your... Well, it's very curves. accessible because you, again, like then, you don't need as much scenery and all the rest of it. So yeah. that was really cool. Um, I would be really surprised, genuinely surprised, if there isn't something in the background that that will be like the kill team. Oh yeah, um, yeah. For sure. Age of Sigma. Um so wondering if this is kind of them feeling out rule systems because I think I'd like to see it. I'd like to see Mordheim. So Yeah, that would be wonderful. Chris um is really excited about Mordheim at the moment. Because mm. there's um there's a group on Instagram that are playing around with Mordheim type stuff and doing some wonderful things. One of them's converted a vampire lord out of Conrad Kerr's from oh, Force World. That's a bit huge. Yeah, it's massive. So, um, so that was that game. Ben's got out the more time rule book now. Should we, do you want to just talk about this now instead? Oh, I just, I love it. <laughs> it's so good. It really was perfect for the game, like mm. for that background, wasn't it? Yeah. Like it fitted into the darkness of the Warhammer world really well. Yeah. It was a really good game. It took a lot from Necromunda and then ran with a different way of doing things, slightly different way of doing things, and I I really liked it. And the scenery is ace. I could just sit here and flick and look through the book now. Yeah, okay. But I really like the... That's some really of, interesting. Some of the characters. Yeah, some of the characters. <laughs> I'll put it away. Um, some of the character models that they had, like the... Um, Freelance Night and that kind of stuff. Yes. Um, particularly It's because on Foxcast or Storm, I can't remember which one, but that Freelance Night was yeah, that, mentioned. I, yeah, and it I, was. And now I can't remember why. Oh, ah, never mind. I'm stuck. I'm going to look it up. No, don't. Put your phone away. Because <laughs> you'll end up sounding like a robot again. Yes, yes darling. Um, <laughs> well, that's cool. I... I we were just talking earlier that actually I'm really struggling to fit in games. It's a lot to do with the fact that the gaming club is, um, I'm really, I've really struggled with work to get out on a Friday, um, cause I've moved, my kind of weight of my week is now at the end of the week. Um, I've really struggled with getting out on Friday and getting to the club, particularly cause uh, not necessarily always to do with time, but just feel exhausted. Um, so, I'm finding it really hard to fit in games. Um, I might need to actually start badgering Joe into playing hobby with me. Um, getting her playing kill team and that kind of stuff. Necromunda. Yeah, or even, like, what I found really useful is, um, playing the smaller games. So, like, playing the smaller yeah. games and also accepting. So, like, when Chris and I play, we invariably don't start until half past eight. Yeah. Because, we both have our oh, kids. Yeah, yeah. Well, we met through the, through the antenatal classes. Antenatal classes, yeah. yeah. And, um, NCT, that's what I was trying to think of classes. Yeah. And, um, so we both are both our kids are the same age, very similar age, and both of them are not the easiest to get to bed. So 
you know. I told you, you need you need squig herders. Yeah, we do. Yeah, you said about thing. that, didn't you? Well, that was funny. That was because Joshua was up on the gaming table jumping around. And I said, tonight's scenario is getting this squig into bed. Um, but yeah, so we don't start until like eight, half eight. Yeah. You can't play a big game. A big game yeah. Not when you're turning up to someone's house at that time. Yeah. Cause then you'd need to do all the paraphernalia stuff. So. We play Necromunda, or we we were playing Lord of the Rings. You get two Lord of the Rings games in mm. before even I, you know, and and still starting at half, maybe an hour and a half, yeah. maybe two uh, push. Yeah. And we do natter a bit as about what our future plans are for this that, and, that. and that's how I've been able to play a lot more games. Um, and it's more accessible because you can you don't have to paint as much either. Yeah. Depending on where you are with stuff. So I think that is worth bearing in mind. I mean, it doesn't help if you can't get to the gaming place, but it might be that, you know, if you don't have to set up everything all the time and you just use, like, one of the cardboard boards, then having someone around to do a game isn't as disruptive on the whole. And you could do it when the kids have gone to bed. Yeah. Because I know yours are... Older, but Tristan Ellerman would be all over everything. Yeah, wouldn't they? Yeah, <laughs> causing how and and it would be easy to just go in quickly, go whoop, put some scenery pieces on, play a game. I haven't. From, I've got scenery, but a lot of it not finished. Mm. I think that's one of the things I really need to do this year. And perhaps it, it's, it's silly, isn't it? When I think about what my plans have been for this year, I haven't thought about scenery. Uh, dawned on me this evening, but. Um, maybe that's something I need to plan in because I need to get that kind of stuff done. Necromunder board, kill team board, whatever. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So yeah. Um, while we're game. talking about smaller games, I played a big game. No, I didn't, it wasn't that big. I just played a normal game, I suppose. Age of Sigmar, 2000 points against my always opponent, Dan, um, and his wanderers. Crush some. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. We played the relocation orb, which was a really interesting scenario. The objective starts in the middle of the table and the map's quite funny because you look at it and there's just arrows everywhere, but there is some, there is sort of a, uh, a pattern underneath the arrows. And basically you're rolling a dice and there are two directions it could move mm-hmm. 12 inches. Uh, one to three, it goes one way and four, five, six goes the other. And yeah. then when it gets to the next location, it does the same, but in a different way and it, it just teleports around at the end of each phase. And if you hold the object, if you have priority, so you're going first in that battle round and you hold the objective, you take the objective, you get one point. But if you didn't have priority and you take the objective, you get three points. So it makes that first bit. So I decided to go second, which again is not what I've done in the past. I've always gone first and just tried to leap into combat. So I went second but because the objective was right in the middle of the table, Dan had to push up his army, bringing it closer to my army. Took it, got a point. I burst in, killed a load of stuff, took it back, yeah. got three points. Then I got the double turn. And it was really interesting because we both got the double turn twice in the game, um, which was cool. And in the end, it was quite close. It was it was eight points to me and and um, six points to Dan. Mm. And, and I have to say, and I, I have said this before, you know, hats off to Dan, because you've got to remember... I'm using an army which is fully supported, has its own battle tome, 
has new miniatures rolling out. Um, and Dan is using the Wanderers, which barely have an allegiance ability, which got <laughs> FAQ'd and made not as good. Um, and he, and he used them. He went for them rather than his mixed order list. And he does. He, he plays very well with them. Lots of maneuverability. And I really have to think about what I'm doing, but try it again, taking a different approach, being a little bit more like, right, I don't have to win on turn one. Remembering the fact that actually, although they are a ranged army, they've only got range 20. Mm, yeah. Which is quite a short range when you can, well, my bloodthirster on one turn of the game, um, went 30 inches across the board to engage and destroy a unit and take an objective. Mm. So 20 inches ain't quite as scary at that point. It, that's quite, quite a lot different from what they were like in 8th edition. Because their elven bows were just... Yeah. Artillery pieces. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm, I'm really happy with where that army is and mm. I'm enjoying it. I do, I use the Gore Pilgrim, so I'm rerolling my prayers. Um, it's got a decent bit of mortal wound output. I used the updated rules for the blood letters. Absolutely fine. I still, I say it every time, it bugs the hell out of me that they've only got reach one. And I'm sure it's got to be that way because of balance, but they've got flipping swords that are as tall as they are. And it's not so much that. It's that I'm fighting other models with smaller weapons than my weapon, and they've got reach two. And I'm like, I'm angry now. Well, because it's like spears. No, yeah. no, they're big like glaives. Yeah, but I, and the idea of the reach is, remember, I'm, not... I'm not really interested in like the the idea or anything. I'm just frustrated. I know. Well, I'm going to counter it. Right, by saying on. that the idea is that with a two-inch one, they're a weapon that would theoretically be able to fight in two ranks. So the range reflects them being able to stand behind another line of infantry, which for a Wanderers would be on a 25 mil base. I'm just saying. Yeah, but an inch would be long enough on a 25 mil base. Well, yeah, well, if somebody's put them on a slightly bigger one. And it just gives you that more of a second rank kind of feel. Whereas your dudes... Don't fight in any fine kind of order. They're just muppets who run around swinging their swords and getting angry. So I hate that that's quite a reasonable explanation. Then I'm actually now happier about it than I was. Yeah, I mean, if if the corn were famous for fighting in serried ranks of, I did actually. It was troops. interesting because I set up in blocks. It looked like I was playing eighth edition. <laughs> I could have got a movement tray out. Yeah, because of the way the board went. But it did make me think, setting up the game, I, I like you, would like to do some scenery. Because mm. I've got the scenery, and it's cool, and, and you know, thank you, a couple of people have commented, the board looks really nice. It just needs something a bit different. It's the same trees and the same bits of rock every yeah. single time. And I'm going to make like a, a, a plan to do like one every couple of months. Month, yeah, be months. good. Well, just one piece of scenery. And those things soon start to sort of grow into something else. I mean, admittedly, this year I do I do feel that I need to really get my teeth into some, and even if it's just doing them using basic techniques like dry brushing and oil washing and something, just get them done, and then I can add the details to them later. Probably never, if... <laughs> but um, I do think that that's something I need to do. But like that that grot moon face plinth thing, I just want that done. That's just a stunning. It's beautiful, thing. and um, you don't you don't know what you're getting for your birthday, do you? No. See, I know. Yeah. It's funny, isn't it? <laughs> just, yeah, hilarious. <laughs> I think it is. Um, yeah, but it was a really good game. Um, 
had a lot of fun. Took, you know, going back to what we said, it's like four, four hours, something like that. One thing that has been getting on my nerves, and I think I've decided on how I'm going to get around it, and I mentioned this earlier, is, is the amount of paraphernalia all over the place. So the board just starts to get books out and there's stuff in the way and oh it's just ridiculous and i've got a room so you you know but mm. i don't have a lot of room around the edges no you don't not now because no. i filled it all up with yeah. stuff so what i've decided to do i've bought an a5 display book so that's like one of them books which is it's got plastic covers and inside it's all those little like like pockets that you put inside a ring binder yeah so i bought an a5 one and i'm gonna print my army list off and I think the, I think the cards for the units are that size as well. They are now, I think. Yeah. No, no, they used to be. The big ones are A five. The new ones are A, about half that size, which mm. is good. But I'm gonna put them in, and I'm gonna print out. Well, <laughs> for the game, just to make it a bit easier, I took a photo of the battle plan and printed it out in A five size to have next to me, rather than having the whole general's handbook open. Yeah. Um. So, and like things like the scenery and the core rules, I just put them all in A5 and have in this little booklet. So when I play a game, obviously I I would need to take the books with me, especially if I was playing at an event, because people understandably might want to say, well, where's the actual publication? Run? But it means that on the table, I just need my dice, my tape measure and this A5 booklet. Yeah. And have, and it's just a much quicker reference. Yeah. Tom did say, well, yeah, but you need to be a bit more modern and use your iPad. But there's something about flicking through pages, which I just find quicker than trying to find stuff on my iPad. I don't, I don't find using digital rules very easy at all. No, I don't either myself. Um, um but and I don't have a tablet, so that's my excuse for not. <laughs> but yeah, I, that's, that's what I'm going to do is, is make this sort of A5 little, because it's things like the scenery table. It doesn't matter how much I play. I just can't lodge it in my brain. Yeah. Not I can, but not to the point where I'm 100% confident. Yeah. If someone called you on it, you'd be able to go, oh, yeah. Exactly. So yeah. having stuff like that nearby... is helpful. Really, really useful. Yeah. Um, and I might even, because at work I've got a double-sided printer. and print double-sided, so I could do that. My printer at work hates the world. Okay. I, to the point sometimes I'll print a prescription and I'll be sat there thinking, is it going to come out or not? And then just <laughs> as soon as I'm about to print it again, it will come out. I'm like, seriously, you're like a foot away from the damn thing. The cable ain't that long. No. <laughs> it's all around the houses before it comes back. So yeah, that's, that's just something I want to do to make things a bit easier. Mm, Especially where I've got like a set. Like, did you get the general's, um, um, warlord edition? Because no. in that one, you get the card scenarios. Yeah, I know. They're really cool. Um, I, I think I'm probably going to do that because I just find that so much easier. Um, well, it's nice. And it's it's all things that make the game quicker mm. and easier uh, and more convenient. So, like, especially when you're playing a scenario and you don't play that often, you want to know what the victory conditions are. Yeah. And often each turn. Well, you, just you're to terrible yourself. for not doing the victory conditions. I know, but that's you, you see, like, your head gets filled with this red mist. Yeah, and then your victory condition becomes kill everything. I did it in this game once. I I couldn't stop myself. I 
I had three blood tithe points and I spent them to charge forward with my blood letters <laughs> to no actual benefit <laughs> at all. In fact, they got mullered because I got closer. And I, when I, after I'd done it, I said to Dan, I'm a Muppet. I said, I should have used it to move because you could use it to move instead backwards. Yeah. To a position where they weren't just going to get annihilated, but I'm going to do that. So it's fine. Didn't summon anything, interestingly. I just used the points to move around. Mm-hmm. And it's really useful. One blood type point, you can use a command ability. So it's essentially like getting a free command. Oh, cool. Uh, com- um, command point. That is pretty cool. So, so I was able to use that to give myself Lord of the Blood Hunt, which is the, the Wrath of, Wrath, Wrath of Corn Bloodthirster. Yeah. Big, yeah. Um, it's his command ability, but, and then save my command point to give myself the six on the run or the re-roll the charge if I needed it. Yeah. Making it much more consistent getting around the table. Yeah. Yeah. Which allowed him to do his like mega moves and. It is it, just. Uh, it, the Bloodthirster in a corn army is more than a centerpiece. Like, physically. It is a gaming centerpiece. He can really sort of dominate the battlefield. Um, and he is the epitome of a scary fix, isn't he? Yeah. A, a lot of people use the double-handed axe one. He looks better. Because the damage output is insane. He, I think he looks ace. Yeah, he does look very good. I, I'm much happier with the Rathacorn one than I have ever been in the pictures. But I think a lot of that's because I put the different head on it. I don't like the head that is traditionally on it. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't have known. I wouldn't, I didn't notice that at all. No. <laughs> but yeah, so it was a good game. Really enjoyed it. Um, quite happy with where my Age of Sigmar army is at the moment. I I have now got three Age of Sigmar armies ready to go. Two of them of decent size. The Night Horn is needs another wave of painting to make it a decent size and usable. But I I don't feel like I know them all that well. Um, the Iron Jaws I'm quite competent with, but then I play the Iron Jaws in a very kind of instinctive charge this, run in, bosh that kind of way. <laughs> I, I don't think too tactically about playing with my own jaws because I don't think that they would think too tactically about being themselves. Um, but I find that that works with that army. You know, if you play like in a kind of narrative way, it, it tends to work for them. But I would have no idea how to play with my Stormcast. Um, so my goal this year is to get those armies actually out and playing people. Um, because I'm very good at getting an army done and then not using it for a long time. Because because I don't find time to do it. Mm. And often I build an army based on what comes in the starters box set and then things get bolted onto it. But I, th- I think also because I've played, I paint and collect narratively. Like my Space Marine company was based on playing Space Marines narratively. This is a company. I can choose my army list from whatever's in the company. Um, for 90% of games, because that's what they would deploy. Um, so my Stormcast, I don't, I'm not sure whether they will work even on the table, whether I'll be able to create an army out of them in a sensible way, but I've, that's, for this, this year, I want to get those armies out and playing, um, so I can get to grips with them. That's my hobby goal for them. And the Grots. Learn how to play with the Grots. 
Yeah. I don't think... I think you may need to pick one or the other for, for a year. Well, just I based focused on... on the Iron Jaws a lot last year, so I think I'll probably play Stormcast a bit this year. Yeah. You might get excited, though, by the Gloomspite Gits. Yeah, I know I will. For sure. You get a lot of them in 250-point skirmish game. <laughs> yes, you would. Yes, you would. So, shall we barrel our way into the community? So, I had very little to say in this one. You, it effectively means that you've talked for 25 minutes. Quite possibly. I've done a lot of talking tonight. It's <laughs> excellent. I'm still awake as well, which is a, a turnout. I'm you when you fall asleep. Uh, yeah, I'm, not, I'm usually going by now. Brilliant. So, let's move on into the health community. Hail community! It is glorious to be chatting to you guys. We have spent a good bit of time, haven't we, just looking through yeah, the bits and bobs. Um, and just got <laughs> really motivated again, actually. We're in love with it. Yeah. Um, the the hobby forum um, has really kicked off over the last couple of weeks. Yeah, um, it's it's got great. to the point uh, where we're actually going to have to make an apology um, there's so many posts coming on that we're, we're missing a few, to be honest. Yeah. Um, but not... please don't stop because I love seeing it. And we do get to them and eventually. And it through and we do see them. And I just said to Ben, um, just thank you guys because, and I know we say thank you a lot, but we mean it because I've just looked now and, um, welcome first to James. Um, James B. Nids, uh, has recently joined the group. Um, and he posted up about an hour ago, um, asking for ideas of where to go and play games in Plymouth um, and how to like get in contact with people. And he has had uh, a bunch of responses already pointing out uh, four or five different options that he can go for um, without any interaction from us. And that is exactly what we wanted. We yeah. would like from a, from a hobby group and, it's that interaction and people posting up pictures of painting and asking questions and people that aren't just us bothering to take the time to reply, inspiring, flipping. It's just fantastic, isn't it? Yeah, you know, it really I, is. I said to Ben, it's just, this is exactly what we wanted to see from creating the hobby group was a chance for guys to interact and chat. Oh. It's just wonderful. I, I'm so over the moon and, and just thank you so much, people that have taken the time to respond, not just to James, but to anyone. Because it's that stuff that keeps people, you know, if people take the time to put out there their work, I think it's really great when people then take the time to, to point out things that they would maybe do differently or say, well done, you know. We live in a different time now than when we started. Um and and it's really only quite becoming apparent the more I get involved with the social media because when I was when I was starting the only place you could get advice was your local hobby shop that was it the only place where you could see things that inspired you was in your local gaming group you know your friends or in the local hobby shop or white dwarf mm. now honestly every time I go on Instagram or Twitter or Facebook something inspires me yeah and um, you get advice from people 
really willingly. There's so many people out there willing to share their expertise that if if I had a question, I could find somewhere to post it, I would get an answer. Probably yeah. within 10 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I think sometimes it can be a bit overwhelming, and I hope the hobby group gives a, a more, slightly more local focus to it. Um, I'm really pleased with how it's come on. I'm really chuffed with it. Um, and I'm really excited seeing the, the arcane power models that are coming out of the woodwork. So um, is we have we announced this yet? But no, the next next theme is, um, for those that are listening, we'll put it on the pages as well. It's going to be grime. Um, it's a really general theme. You can do practically anything you want. Um, and we want to clarify right off the bat that includes scenery. All right. So, um, grime is the next theme. In uh, fact, for February, I'm going to do, uh, you know, as my bit of, uh, getting into the theme, I'm going to do my Necromunda terrain. Yeah. Um, because they will be grimy. Definitely very grimy. I think I might do the same, actually. Yeah. Well, well there we go. Need to be done. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, so, yeah, again, like Ben says, broad theme, please, anything from anywhere. Um, any company. Any company, doesn't matter. But also, go back, listen to a few of past episodes, because we've got some stuff about weathering in there. So yep. if you're not sure, good opportunity to try something new, maybe. Yeah. Could be, couldn't it? Yeah, so, absolutely. And tell people about it as well. So we're hoping to draw more people into the hobby group um you know so that there's a bigger melting pot there um so that's that's really the idea isn't it that uh, is yeah um and then it at the end of january we will um gather up all the images for arcane power yeah and put them up in the hobby group for people to have a look yeah have a look and vote on so if you're listening to this and you have it, and you go to post your work please don't put it in a separate post we will find it if you do but it makes our lives a whole lot easier if you reply to um the post where we say what's your entries it's an announcement post yeah. as well so if you can't see it at the top of the page go you to click the top on of the page. announcements <laughs> and it's in there <laughs> Brilliant. so it will be there how um, do you do an announcement post ah see technical me could i tom nice? tom Tom showed you how to do it. <laughs> right, so should we get on to our shout outs? Yeah, because so there's let's some awesome go. ones this week. So, crawling through the internet, um, I inevitably come out with stuff out of Instagram because um, I think that's where I spend most of my time looking for cool models. But, you know, everyone has their thing. Uh, Eri Key is, is my first one. I don't know your name, sorry, but it's Eri Key One is his tag. And um, I wanted to bring him up because. Um, He's done some fantastic work with object source lighting, like to the point where it looks like it's genuinely real. And that is, um, that is hard to achieve, I think, because I, my view is that object source lighting done, it can get done too much. Yeah. And I think it was really fashionable for a time. And I think it got a bit daft. Um, and I do mine often with an airbrush on like plasma glow and that kind of stuff. I've tried to with this recent um Rune Priest. I've done it by hand and the glow came onto his shoulder and I think it looks alright. But when I was looking for inspiration for objects or lighting and I saw this guy's stuff, I was like, Wow. Really? I mean that just just it's Well you next showed level. me that plasma calverin on the um Mechanicum dude. Yeah. Oh my god! I it looked like he'd put a little light bulb in there. Yeah, it really did. Yeah, really, very excellent. impressive. Um, but also because 
he's done a Death Guard conversion recently that um, that I just think is absolutely gorgeous. It's taken. It's a converted model, so a lot of the stuff he's done with it is sculpted on, and they. The texture and the colour and the and the additional detail is <laughs> is what I would want to be achieving if I was doing Death Guard. Mm. Um, it, it looks old, patinaed, and interesting, and it's one of the best things I've seen done for Death Guard. And if I saw an army done like that, I think I'd probably need to sit down and <laughs> <laughs> um, because I feel like that might actually tip tip me into doing a Death Guard unit. Yeah. Um, that's number one. MS Zone 55 is my next one. Um, because we've been thinking about Necromunda a bit, actually. And, um, Dan's been posting up pictures of his games. And this guy has caught my eye with a, recently with a, uh, a great hired gun model posted up. But then I remembered why I followed them in the first place because the, uh, the setup, his, the work done on his Necromunda stuff is just crazy good. Uh, the board that they're playing on is fantastic. There's real character to it. There's like a, a strip club with neon lights. Um, there's a lot of stuff done out of just household garbage. There's cans of beans that have been turned into, you know, storage vats or something. Um, and the videos panning around the board just make me want to drive wherever they are and beg him to play on it. Because it, it's Necromunda all over. Um, so if you're into Necromunda or if you want some inspiration for Grime as a topic, MS Zone 55. Um, lastly, Joshua Bullock, who was a, a junior at Games Workshop Plymouth when we were staff members, he used to come along to our beginners club um, and collect a zinch back then. I don't know if he still does. But He's got an orc. Yeah, Crazy. this is what I want to talk about because he started doing his orcs and weathering them. I don't know if they're for the store or I think he's taking them to one of the um, the Tenebris campaign actually. Um, and he, he went for weathering after listening to our podcast. And I was really chuffed about that. But I hadn't realised how many he'd done until the other day. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> and I saw them and I was like, oh, dude, that looks amazing. Um, so I'd like to give him a shout out because um, I kind of miss him. And I think it was awesome to see that army. It's like... Tenebris yeah. is this weekend. It is, yeah. So you've got some work to do, dude. You're probably listening to this after you've been. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ace, so that's Hopefully me. he's done the work. Yeah. He wants to <laughs> yeah. <take. laughs> yeah. So that's me done. Cool. So, um, as ever, I've trawled through the hobby desk. Now, this time, I'm not sitting here trawling through the hobby desk. Because last time... Um, I had to do a whole lot of re-recording because my phone, like, sent scrap code into the microphone during this yes. point. Um, so first off is Ian, and Ian has posted up pictures of his Zone Mortalis, and it is flipping stunning, mate. So I've already said this anyway. Um, really wish I could just jump on a plane and go over and visit him and see it. Because it's really, really nice. And what I love is, unsurprisingly for me, the use of the transfers. So he's used a lot of the transfers from the Cadian Imperial Guard transfer sheet um, to put like numbers on the different zones. Um, Imperial slogans are on there as well. And what's exciting about that for me is when I do my terrain for Necromunda, 
I want to theme it a bit to Cordor. So I bought some little candles from Chromec yeah. and putting Imperial slogans and Imperial type numbers and things like that, I think will, will really add to that sort of, especially the slogans, I suppose, that religious kind of look to it. Yeah. Um, but like worn away and Litany, like, 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 yeah, like, yeah, like bulletins from um, the Minotaurus. Yes, yeah. yeah, and he's done things like that as well, and and it just looks really, really good. And I spotted a picture of it incorporating the Sector Mechanicus terrain. Yeah, and that is just the dream. That yeah. is the dream. It looks amazing, and I I really like that idea. I've sp- said to Chris a few times, like because he's been on the fence about getting a Zone Mortalis. And I've been thinking about it, maybe doing it as a combined thing and saying how sweet it would be to have all of those pipes and things. Yeah. And then interior of a starship as well, yeah, e- easily, yeah. especially using the thermic yeah, yeah. vent things There's and stuff like some that. Some of those pipe things aren't available anymore. So no, but yeah. the therm, I think the ones, the plasma ones They're are, still like, yeah. um, which is the ones I think would be really cool for a spaceship. Yeah. Um, like you could have it all leading into the engine room. Yeah. I'm sure I've said that before, but I'm, I love it. I love the idea. <laughs> yeah. So Ian, uh, that is fantastic, mate. Really good and really, really inspirational. It also broke me a little bit. Did it? Yeah. Cause, um, well, first of all, thank you for posting how you did it on our hobby forum. In real detail, because that was, that was excellent. Um, and I know I have cut and pasted it, well, photographed it, and I will refer back to it. Um, but when you said that, um, you'd got the posters from the article that Peachy wrote, I, I thought, what do you mean the article that Peachy wrote with the posters? Because I thought he'd just trawled all the way through regimental standard. So I trawled all the way through Regimental Standard, every single version of it, and pulled out all the posters. And there on his article was a downloadable PDF with all the posters on. And I nearly cried. Because it <laughs> took me like three hours to go through every Regimental Standard one to get them out. Um, so, but yeah, I, I thought it was amazing. Absolutely amazing. Very good. Um, so next up, John. And that's John Askham. And he's put up a Blood Angel, a Primaris Blood Angel, which... Is really nice. Noise. Yeah, it's very nice. Really nice red. Um, really nice highlights on it. Just all round great. Um, yeah. I tagged Tom in the post because he's big Blood Angel man. Yeah. And he was like, oh my goodness. So <laughs> yeah, that, that was really good. I hope it goes somewhere. You've said in the post that most of your projects don't go anywhere, but I hope it does. And I would really like to see, you know, the squad, if the squad comes up or a kill team. Or a whole army, dude. Go for <laughs> yeah. it. It's the way to go. So yeah, that's, that's, that's just, well, it's awesome. Um, I think Mike M is possibly going to have painted every single soldier in the game of, in Westeros. Yeah. Cause they just keep coming every week. It's brilliant to see. I'm loving it. Really cool. Um, and then lastly for me is Adam, Adam Sellers. So he's done a really nice, I can't even remember what them, what are those things called now? Grim something reapers? Grim reaper type thing. Yeah. It's probably not Grim. a Grim reaper. Um, I should know this, seeing as I've written an article about this or where I'm looking It's the hunters. <laughs> it's the hunting ones that look yeah. a little bit like Skaven, but are actually horses. Horse heads. 
But anyway, it looks wonderful. We we really like the the colours and the red on the lower robe as well. Really, and how really reproducible good. it is across an army and still would look awesome. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Which, Which is, is a... what you want when you're baiting loads of them yeah. ghosts. Yeah, it absolutely is. So yeah, that's very nice as well, Adam. So yeah, good. There's obviously there's loads of other great stuff on there. We just but we can't go through everything. That... Well, right. we could. We do talk a lot, but Ben has taken some time. And updated the calendar. Yep, I have. So it is events time. It is. What's going on? So where would we be? Uh, this will be released on Wednesday the 23rd. So uh, the weekend afterwards, we've got the Scouring of Cheshire, which is a Lord of the Rings event, and that will be in Element Games. I've always felt Cheshire needed a bit of scouring. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's also the Southwest Imperial Assault Regional, um, and that's been run by Curtain Games. Um, and if their X-Wing regional is anything to go by, that's going to be awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, that's probably almost full. So if you're listening to this and you desperately want to get involved in that, um, call quickly. Um, Darkstar have got an X-Wing hyperspace event um, uh, on the same day. Uh, that's on the 26th. 27th uh, is a 40k tournament at Darkstar again. Um, so 1,750 points. Uh Again, these are all the following weekend after the podcast, so I suggest that you uh, um, call quick if you're really interested in that. And the terrain in Open War, which you've spoken about leading up to, uh, Terra Games uh, in Newton Abbott, um, it's a PowerPoint army for 40k, so that's on the Sunday the 27th. Moving forward, uh, the next weekend is Poor, which is always a fantastic event, really well established. Uh, there's a tournament there being run by uh, Cross Sword Games. Um, which looked like it was really good last year, so I'm assuming it'd be fair bet to say it'll be good this year. However, we spoke about it this last time and said it's already full. So um, I don't think it's full. It's got 37 people going. Yeah, well, I, I thought don't. they'd fill the tickets. Oh, uh, okay. But well, there must might be room wrong. for at least one more because you yeah. can't have 37 people. No, it's true. Unless but someone's just going to play a bacon roll. I think the the bottom line is if you want to get involved in that, get involved in that quickly. Um, on the Saturday, it's all Curtain Games are running the Age of Sigma Masters. Wait a minute. You, you can't go past Paul. We are going to Paul. That's true. We are going to Paul. <laughs> Not that, you know, we're celebrities, but. If you want to see us, we'll be. We'd love to see you. Yeah, yeah. So if you are, if you would like to see, um, me, um, you, you would love to see Ben as well, I'm afraid. But <laughs> on the Saturday, we're going to be there, yeah, we aren't are. we? Yeah, because um, that's the day I've negotiated. Um, on the Sunday is the uh, Age of Sigma Masters at Curtain. No, sorry, Saturday Age of Sigma Masters at Curtain. Um, that is invite only. So, um, I quite well, like to see Age of Sigma Masters. There ain't no way we're going to that, is there? That's no, well, you have to, We're going to Paul. <laughs> it's an event for players who've placed in the top three over the last year's Age of Sigma events. So that's oh. going to be uh, the reason I shouted out is because. A curtain do a really good job of streaming a lot of their stuff, um, and their Age of Sigma events have, have attracted quite a crowd, including things, people like Propainted Podcast. I was going to say, I wonder if any of those guys. Um, are... And they they will have placed in the top three. I'm sure I've seen they have, and it will be worth keeping your eye on just to watch the Twitch feed and see some awesome armies and some people who actually know what they're doing. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So that um, that is on the Saturday, the second of February. Um, and that will take us two weeks forward. 
There we go. And we are going to be recording at Paul. Um, or in the evening. We might do some interviews. We might see what's going on. Yeah. Um, so the next podcast will be after that. Oh, what would be cool if anyone is going and is listening and fancies bringing along some stuff for us to see, models. Mm. We could take some photos and get them up on the page. Yeah. Um, maybe awesome. even talk through how they were done. You, um, you are requiring us to take photographs of models and them not be rubbish. Well, that's all right. Because photographing models is a nightmare. Yeah, if you're really worried, bring your own photos. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Awesome. So, um, that's our community bit done. Um, it's time to go into Middle Earth. TM. See. <laughs> Still only counts as one. That is staying in. Hi guys, and welcome to Middle Earth. Um, which is a semi-regular feature on uh, Lord of the Rings, uh, which is a game that Dan and I both loved hugely when we were staff members and has thankfully come back to us. Um, so, fair few things have come out since we last spoke, haven't we, Dan? Yeah. And Dan's looking puzzled, looking at his phone, trying to find some sneak peek models that... I, I am to the sure void. I have seen... I have seen um, Elfhelm yeah. with Merry on the front, yeah, and a couple of orc characters popped up, but I can't remember where I've seen them. And unusually, as well, yeah, they haven't appeared on the community site because normally, yeah, if there's a crap picture, they'll quickly rem- remedy it with a good one. Yeah. So I, I mean, releases. I think since we've last spoken, the I'm not sure whether the Gondor Captain set was has come out since then, but we have spoken to the, about them a lot. Um. Which has got um, Thingy the Tall in and a couple of others. He is cool. Looking really nice to see those out and about and people painting them. And they look I think they look fantastic. But um, what I'm really excited about model release wise was the um, character series last fight between the White Orc and Oakenshield. Um, not just because that actually in its, in its, in and of itself is a, is a stunning piece. Um, and actually, even though The Hobbit didn't tick all my boxes, it was a great scene in the film, and it is, the model has done it justice. It's what it means in the future. Yeah. That that's what really excites me, that if we're going to see character series models in the same way that we saw character series models and are seeing character series models for Horus Heresy, then... Um, I'm really stoked about where that's going to take us in the future because um, I think we'll probably end up seeing less of boxes like um, Ambush at Amon Hen, mm-hmm. for example, um, which is the way they were first released. The Games Workshop effectively sculpted a set to represent a scenario, and then you'd buy the set and you'd be able to play the scenario. Um, the scenarios came with the books, um, and a lot of those are quite thematic, quite cinematic, you know, they're, they're of that moment and difficult to, for example, um, I think in the, in the ambush at Amonhen, there is orcs carrying off yes. Merry and Pippin. Yeah. You wouldn't use those anywhere else other than in a scenario, um, but they're fantastic pieces. And I reckon that these character series ones are going to be where we see that 
that part of the miniature production coming from. So you'll get pieces that in and of themselves might or could be used in scenarios, but they represent a moment in the film or the imagery. And I'm hoping um, that we start to see that branching out into other things as well um, that weren't necessarily in the films, um, which would be quite exciting. Um, so there's that. Three Hunters. Three Hunters. They're lovely, aren't they? Yeah, they are lovely. And they've got their own dice. I liked the original Three Hunters as well in resin. Um, can never get enough versions of Gimli, Legolas and Aragorn, though. Um, one of the things I will say, uh, I got Gandalf the White oh, for Christmas. Um, and I, I will admit to taking some of the criticism that people had said about Lord of the Rings faces a little bit on board and thinking, well, actually, comparatively, I felt that when you look at things like the, the for example, um, the Elrond face from the original set of sculpts, it's just absolutely stunning. Um, and this effectively could have been a computer-generated model of the dude's face from the film. Um, that the new ones didn't look from the photographs that they were like that. Mm-hmm. However, when I got the box set in my hands, the, the faces are absolutely stunning. Um, and I might pull them off the shelf for you to see in a minute. Or do you want to see them? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Um, because I think it changed instantly my my view on things. And I know people have had a feel about the neg- the legless face in this three hunters set, but I'm I'm going to wait until I see them. More. I probably I'm going to buy the set, um, and I can't wait to see them because I think. I think they're going to be absolutely fine. Um, models on a podcast. Never works. Check those faces out, dude. So I can ooh and ah over that. Yeah. <laughs> and when you think... Oh, wow, yeah. It is always worth pointing out um, when we're talking about Lord of the Rings that the model scale is 25mm. Yeah. It's not 28mm. It's not in scale with anything else. Um, so the faces are a lot smaller. This is a wonderful model, isn't it? Yeah. Genuinely Even just like, like the detail on the staff as well, the head of the staff. Yeah. What's really sh- is a shame is how much detail is hidden by that cloak whipping round over the front of him. Yeah. On his sword and his um, baldric. Oh, it's really, really nice. Um, so I, I got that for Christmas. That and- sword. Oh, my days. Yeah. You're going to want to look after that, aren't you? Um, flipping heck. Flipping heck. That is insane, isn't it? Yeah. So, if I, it, it, um, it's, that's my first, other than um, Theoden, which is a stunning model, that's my first of the new, the new Lord of the Rings stuff um, in plastic, and I am blown away by it. So I'm really positive. I think I'm going to paint some Lord of the Rings this month. Yeah. I got you. I need to. I need to start painting Lord of the Rings. I've assembled about fifty million models. So yes, I'm not perhaps, a single yes. one of them. Um, so that's really exciting. Um, what I'm really looking forward to is um, the content that's going to come in White Dwarf, because it seems like the perfect place to add in scenarios and extra stuff um, around the edges, especially with the new direction that White Dwarf is taking. It feels like it, it's going to be a place where we're going to see see that kind of stuff. 
coming mm-hmm. coming out. Um, so that's really quite cool, especially when you think back across the history of White Dwarf. Lord of the Rings scenarios featured quite a lot. Yes, yes, they did. Um, and I, I know we say it's the, the new direction White Dwarf has been taken, but it has been featured quite a lot recently as well with new scenarios and new rules. So um, I'm hoping that that's going to get even more um, prolific. Yeah, it would be good to see more through that. Absolutely. Oh, now this is the trouble with recording. In each segment, I decide Don't, that's what I'm going to do. Yeah. So I'll have to keep my mixed approach to hobbying. Well, I think I fancy picking a troll. Yeah. So I don't have any big monsters for my Lord of the Rings yet. And the, the trolls are nice. Yeah. So one of the things that I've got two Ents that I bought specifically because I was fed up with playing against trolls <laughs> and not having anything that could deal with them. Um, the plastic Ent. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. love the plastic Ent. I think the only it's the only shame about the plastic Ent, and I think they would do it differently now if they were to do it again. Yeah. Is that there's not. It's they're all very the same. There's two, two-ish things that you could get out of them with some variations on a theme. I reckon you could get six out of the set that would look. But they would all look like the same type of tree. Yeah, you'd have to put some effort into painting them differently. Yeah, yeah, and put different foliage on mm. a bit of clump foliage. Yeah, that's true. You could do that, couldn't you? Yeah, I don't think I put foliage on them. You could just order. buy a woodland scenics pack and. Yes. Go mental. <laughs> yeah. I, I probably will put some foliage on there because I didn't. At the moment, they've only just got a few leaves that are sculpted on. And I don't really think that... You know, I like the the fact that the ants sometimes literally look like a tree coming to life. And... A willow one would look great, wouldn't it? Yes. Yeah, it would. I tried to watch Willow the other day, but I'd have to pay for it because it's not on Netflix or Amazon Prime. Uh, Bit of a segue there, but... I'm surprised no one's done a Willow fantasy battle game, model game. Maybe they'll do. Is there a board game? Might be a board, board game. game. Yeah. A board game. Um, there is something. Yeah. So this week we have um, Gondor, the first of the army books. Um, looking really awesome from the pictures I've seen inside. Um, it's a decent sized book as well. I can't remember the page count, but I was a bit. Taken back by just how big it is. Mm, I haven't got the Hobbit. No, yet. I haven't. It's got the word Hobbit in it. Yeah, but you can't not. <laughs> That's <laughs> it's so ridiculous. Terrible. I know, but I, I haven't got. I've got very little Hobbit miniatures. You got the Lord. You got the Lord of the Rings one, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where yeah. is it? Well, they're all books. They're all inside, so I can make an attempt at pretending I know the uh, rules. I was going to say I think I've seen it, but I couldn't see it. There's the there's the armies there. Oh oh yes yeah. Um, yeah, I need to get the armies of the Hobbit. Yeah, I think I'm at a point where I have to make a decision. Are you going to do Lord of the Rings or not? No, no, I'm going to collect Lord of the Rings. Yeah. I, I love my Lord of the Rings army, and I will play it. Am I going to attempt to keep up with the literature? That, yeah, that is yeah. the question. Because I got so it's one of those things where. I think with Lord of the Rings, I'm, I'm likely to have something from everywhere mm. at some point because I love them all. Um, even the orcs, I, I think are great. Um, and I, there's a scenario driven, narrative given, driven game. So I, I can, 
see me collecting all of everything. Whereas with codexes, I can let them pass by because I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. If I do that, I'll pick that up. Um, before I used to collect them all because they were fifteen pounds. Um, so about seven pound fifty if you were staff. So it was just like buying the white dwarf. Um, and they came out once every month tops. <laughs> yeah. Whereas, you know, now they're hardback and are bigger, they cost more. And I think it's really challenging to keep up with literature. I think that the thing about the Lord of the Rings staff, it's a, it's, it's a, a real positive and a bit of a, a catch is that each book has stuff for everything. Yeah. Doesn't it really? Like there's, I'm sure in Gondor at War, like it's not, I don't think it's just Gondor, is it? There's other. There's the fiefdoms that were in there. Yeah. But is there like any evil characters in there or anything? I don't think so. No? I, I think they've moved away from that. Oh, maybe, maybe. Okay. So. Because when they, it might when not they did. be them... necessary to get everything then. When they did like the, the ones that came afterwards, like Khazad Doom. Yeah. Didn't have any evil characters in it. It was just Khazad Doom. Oh, uh, right. I think. No, you're wrong. No, I, no, no it had it the stalkers had... and stuff yeah, in, didn't yeah. it? Yeah. Oh, I don't know, is the answer. Then we're going to have to wait until we see it. Mm. Um, but I can't see there being that many of them. Mm. Really? No, but if they're in there. Yeah. It basically, what I'm saying is it doesn't matter what you're collecting. There is a, if you want to keep up to date. No, I mean, I don't think there's going to be that many books. Oh, well, I don't know. Sure, there will be in time. Yeah. There's a lot of Middle Earth to explore. My feeling when it comes to this is that if I don't buy them as they come out, I ain't ever going to have them. Yeah, and that's where I'm at. And I, I have a feeling this year is going to be more about rules for me, purchasing-wise. Because, like, for example, the 40k stuff, I could have bought every codex. I wouldn't have had any models this year, but um, and I would have had the whole collection. Now, I, unless I win the lottery, that isn't going to happen. No. Um, because there's so many of them. Um, I, do, I just don't don't see that as being feasible. Same with the Forgeworld books for Horus Heresy. You can get them as they came out, but if you want to get them all, you have to be in you know, pretty deep pockets to do that. See, what is nice, though, is Games Workshop have conveniently put a one-click order of this month's, this week's pre-orders. Excellent. Got everything one could want in it. What could possibly go wrong? <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so yeah, so where are we at now then? Oh yes, there was something I wanted to talk about, and it's awesome. I'm having a had a very welcome message from a chap on our Facebook page, uh, Paul West, who directed me to an incredible piece of scenery by Right Terrain Studios, who have sculpted or built, scratch built, um, Edoras. Yeah, and it is. Wonderful. Um, I think one of the cool things about Lord of the Rings is that there are those really iconic pieces of scenery that, um, for a lot of people, define the game um, or define the films, define the setting. Um, I remember, I think it was a games day, but I might be wrong, where they did the Argonaut. With the, you know, is it the Argonaut? Yeah. The two dudes with the hands out. Yeah, yeah. The Kings of Gondor. Yeah. Um, as a table, and I, uh, absolutely stunning. I could have stood, stared at it for hours. Um, they did a set of Argonoth bookends that looked quite good, but would be a bit small. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, yeah, so I found that really exciting. And community-wise as well, Curtin have been working on building um, Sauron's Tower. Oh, yeah, we did talk about that. They're 3D printing it, aren't 3D they? 3D printing it um, to to have on their gaming tables in store. So, um, And they're running a number of events coming up, and there's a couple of places running Hobbit events. Hobbit events. Middle-earth strategy battle game events. So... It's really cool to see it taken off. Um, if you are going to an event, what you may need is a generals pack. Games Watch have released a new generals pack for all the events. Have they? I really like these packs. I got the Necromunda one, and I held off getting the Lord of the Rings one because I thought this might happen. So it's got like the the A4 reference sheet in it. Yeah, hundred and two double sided tokens representing everything. <laughs> yeah. From heroic actions to smog setting you on fire. Just in case you had smog. It's got the scenario cards that we were talking about in yeah. uh, Mortal Realms for Age of Sigma. Um in there. And it's got some roster sheets as well. Twenty quid, probably pick that up. Anything that makes the gaming a bit easier, I'm mm. all over that. But there you go, see, already so Gondor at War is thirty pounds, I think. Yeah, then you've got the Hunters. Well, yeah, but even if you take out the model side of it... Yeah. Gondor at War, General's thingamabob, yeah. that's 50 quid. And yeah. then I haven't got Armies of the Hobbit yet, which is what? 30 quid. 30 quid. So that's 80 quid just to get up to date. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah. I did, you know, the other day I didn't re- realise I, I knew I'd forgotten something, but I haven't got chapter approved. <laughs> Just passed me by. There's so much going on in Christmas that you miss these things. Yeah. So that's our little update on Lord of the Rings. Yep. Um, Dan's still working on his orcs. My next army is going to be Rohan. Yeah. Hope to see that take off in a few weeks. Um, the next couple of months, I'll dot that in on my. I am going to rotate through. It's yeah. got to happen. Um, and watch this space. Yeah. I think that's it, isn't it? That is it. So, as normal, we are available on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at the Two Piece Podcast. We have a website, uh, twopeaceinapod.com. Um, please, 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 we've mentioned it already, the hobby group on Facebook. Please come and check it out. Um, and also, as always, a massive thank you um, we don't like to make a big deal about a push in it, but we do have a Patreon and thank you so much to you guys that are supporting us through Patreon because it just means we don't need to worry about hosting costs and what have you, which yeah. is wonderful. Really yeah. good, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so thank you very, very much. It means a lot. It means a lot to know there are people, you know, out there as mad as us that would, would pay to, Listen yeah, to us. <laughs> <laughs> so that's great. So yeah, thank you very much, guys. Um, hope you've enjoyed episode thirty-seven, and uh, and we're back together for episode thirty-eight. Yeah, we are, which is incredible. I don't think we've ever done it's that. Cool. No, it's good. Lot less editing. <laughs> awful lot less editing. <laughs> I can just press stop and release it now. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> See you later, dudes. Bye.